I didn't think there'd be vampires on campus. We must have been at about 40,000 feet when it happened. <gasps> what was that? You are the Slayer. One girl in all the world. Did anybody say that? Yeah. Guess what? I feel better. Guys, where are we? Hey, Sammy, how's it going? Hi, Pat. Hi. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Um, It's going pretty good. Good. How's it going with you? It's going great. Boy, we're so robotic at the beginning of the episode. How are you, Patrick, my friend? I'm wonderful. Thank you, Sammy. Cool. Yeah, so what's what's new with you? What's uh, what's the latest? What can we catch up on? New chairs? New uh, no new chairs today. No. I got a new shirt. It has a rainbow on it. Cool. Reading rainbow? Yep. see. Okay, it's just a rainbow. Um, it was made by my friend Rachel at Cinder and Salt, local Connecticut business. You're always plugging her. Yeah, she's awesome. I call her my fairy boss mother because That's where she you always get all your me. shirts. You got a beach shirt from her on episode one, and yep. now you got a rainbow shirt. Yeah, all my shirts. All your shirts. <laughs> <laughs> all, all eleven all t- episodes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I did not get my Sunnydale High shirt from her that i was wearing last episode i wish yeah i wish she made sunnydale high t-shirts i'm gonna have to call her up with a business idea i should get some lost t-shirts for the podcast yeah i'm sure they have a whole bunch on etsy but i bet a lot of them are spoilers yeah they probably are i'm gonna have to wait for the right moments in this podcast there were a couple buffy shirts that i wanted to wear that were spoilers Mm. none of them you would really get exactly what they are so the buffy t-shirts were not like direct spoilers but you would be like what the heck yeah <laughs> what does that mean you'd, you'd need to know one of them i might wear it's almost christmas it's almost christmas we're a week almost, away yeah it's almost yule i celebrate yule you'll so be happy in about days. a week yeah what why you'll be happy yeah i know that's okay that's good Let's, That's a good one. Let's get into the show, You'll shall be we? sorry you made that joke. <laughs> I already am. <laughs> uh, what's new with you? I don't know. I don't Clearly, know. I, I have nothing exciting going on. Clearly, so. I don't either, because every time you ask me every week what's going on, I have to like sit there and think about it, and honestly, I have no idea. What's been going on? Oh, it snowed today. Big snowstorm. Oh, yeah. That was well, exciting. How did we not talk about that? That oh, was crazy. Oh, so exciting. Lots of snow. Tis the season feels yeah. like did December. you leave your house did i what did i leave my house yeah like did you have to go anywhere no i never leave my house <laughs> <laughs> snow or no yeah, yeah. do you yeah. have a snowblower no i wish i did i wish oh, i did man. but i did go out and shovel for a good solid two hours today yeah got through the driveway probably hurt my back in the process but it was good mm. we have a snowblower but it has this really great feature of not working when it snows oh that is a nice feature yeah it starts up just fine when it's sunny and warm Mm -hmm. uh but when it snows it doesn't actually turn on Mm, that stinks so i called my dad today because dave was like i gotta go to work like he um he didn't he didn't have time to like you know really shovel uh anything this morning Mm -hmm. except for like getting his car out which still took an hour and a half like even though he was at the end of the driveway because there was like you know over a foot of snow i think yeah Um, yeah down here anyway i got like a foot and a little bit more i think but i think you got hit more than i did which is usually it's usually the reverse where i always get more but you always get the crazier weather yeah 
and I got to fulfill a bunch of orders. Right. So I'm like, I got to get to my studio tomorrow. So you did the only thing reasonable and you hooked up a little shovel to Appa and you said, go back and forth. <laughs> Plow the fields, mush, Appa. Appa. Mush, <laughs> No, he, that would not work. He does not like the snow. No. I called my dad and was like, hey, can you come over and look at our snowblower? So he came over in the afternoon and, you told him to and look he at was it? like, yeah, I was like, just look at it. He's like, okay, um, I see it. <laughs> and he was like yeah i'm gonna spend like maybe a couple of minutes looking at this because i don't want to tool around with an engine it's cold outside uh so i'm just gonna tool around with it a little bit and then if i can't fix it which i probably won't be able to i brought my snowblower and i was like yes <laughs> and then he said something like yeah and, and I, I you know even if i can fix yours i'm gonna use mine because Mine is like a mighty beast, and yours is like this tiny little... It's a weak snowblower. Yeah, yeah, so I was like, okay. But I was like, wow, I really I really was not... Like, I didn't call him expecting him to come over and actually... Like, I thought he was just going to, you know, hopefully fix our snowblower. But yeah. he came and he plowed... He, he snowblowed. Snowblued? Snowblued. Snowblued. <laughs> snow I'm pretty sure that's it. Snowblued. Yeah, he snowblued our driveway. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he snowblued. Cool. It was very nice. Now we're here. We're here. We started with a snowstorm. Now we're here. And now we're here, ready to podcast about ready. Buffy and Lost. Yes. So this is the second to last episode of the season for Buffy. Cool. This is season. exciting. Let's get into yeah. it. All right, let's get into it. Okay, so we are talking about Buffy Season 1, Episode 11. It is called Out of Mind, Out of Sight. Out of Mind, Ellipses, Out of Sight. Is it? In Isn't some it? places, it's, it's, it's comma. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just comma. I wrote ellipses. Out of mind, comma, out of sight. Out of mind, dot, 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 out of sight. That's like the way my dad would write it because he ellipses all over the place. In texts and such. Yeah. Yeah. I actually wrote down out of sight, out of mind because it's a play on that phrase. The phrase. Right. It's backwards. The, like, yeah, is out of sight, out of mind. But right. this episode is out of mind, out of sight. And we'll get into obviously why. Anyway, original air date is May 19th. 1997 this episode was written by joss whedon ashley gable and thomas a swyden and directed by uh reza badi uh badi yeah i know as soon as i saw these names pop up i was like oh i'm fucked you know what i just found which is i'm really excited about is what um on lost there's a whole website that actually i think you found originally called lostpedia and it's yeah, got all... I, yeah, I found that one. So well, I shared it with you anyway. I don't know if it does this for all of the people, but for the writer of this episode, I was like, how do you say that? And it actually it had it phonetically. Breakdown. Yeah. And I was like, yes, that's finally. really funny. Yeah. I even wrote that down phonetically and I still fucked it up. Oh, boy. But I also don't know. Like my phonetics could be wrong. I wrote it down. Right. So well, if that's wrong, I'm sorry. As long as you try. If you're I giving try. it your best shot. You know, I grew up in America. We don't prioritize you learning second languages. Whoa. So <laughs> please try not to blame me. Yeah. Blame the system. 
Cool. Uh, your predictions, <laughs> uh, just your more recent predictions, yep. were that uh, Snyder was going to be a thorn in the side of the Scooby gang slash Slayerettes for the next few episodes, and then the Master will kill him in the finale. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also said that we're going to get more naked Xander. Oh, definitely got to get more naked Xander in there. Yeah. He's got a hot bod, you think? We got some more naked boys in this one, but not naked Xander. Yeah. Not so. Sander yet. Yeah. Uh, and you said that Buffy will have a vamp face again, but it will go back to normal. So I think what you were kind of saying is that it's going to happen in some kind of nightmare or alternate reality situation. Oh, yeah. This isn't the that that wasn't the last time we see Buffy in vamp face. That's going to happen yeah. a few times. All right. Yeah. So those were your predictions. Cool. So uh, I would like to start this by talking about this episode with a little bit of a song for you. Oh, you wrote a song for me again? I did. Okay. Let's hear it. I know you I know you love it. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope you get the reference. I'm not sure you will, but okay. <laughs> maybe I think you will. Okay. So, it's springtime for Cordelia in Sunnydale. Do you get the reference? No. I don't get it. <gasps> It's from the producers. It's the song oh. Springtime for Hitler. Oh, right. Okay. It did sound <laughs> a little familiar, but I, it didn't ring any bells, really. All right. Well, you know, I also can't sing, so. Okay. But I insist on doing it anyway. So anyway, we start <laughs> off with Cordelia talking about how great spring is. Yeah. She's uh, hanging on the arm of some good-looking jock guy, mm-hmm. flanked by her blonde lackey, whose name we learn is Harmony. Mm-hmm. I know the guy's uh, name, too. Yeah, the guy's name is what? Mitch. Yeah, good job, Pat. Yes, nailed it. <laughs> uh, and she, so she's talking about how much she loves spring. She's looking forward to the spring dance. And of course, she's having her dress specially made because off the rack gives me hives. <laughs> and maybe we that's, were just talking about hives. <laughs> maybe that's what gives me hives too. I'm not sure. Maybe I need like special, specially made clothes. Maybe you do. Yeah. You got to get a tailor. Yeah, I do got to get a tailor. You got to get one of the uh, the Queer Eye guys. Oh, definitely. I would dress so much better. You <laughs> my, would. My style is so lame. <laughs> my style There's... I would classify as functional. <laughs> yeah, laid back functional. Laid back functional. Yeah, I feel like that's that's about, well, mine is like bright, yeah. bright and colorful. Mine's back functional. Blander the better. Blander the better. Yeah, I. I <laughs> Not Xander the better. The better. Blander the. I, oh my god! I can't. That's like a tongue twister for me. That's a Dr. Seuss book if I've ever heard one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the blander the better. I love grays. I love blacks. Ugh, I love I greens and blues. Dark blues are very good. That's because you just want to fade into the background. Oh, I want to. Yeah. I want a flashlight on me. No, I want to disappear into the shadows. <laughs> like Angel. <laughs> yeah, exactly, like Angel. But doesn't he wear like white t-shirts and such? Yeah. Yeah, like an angel. Ugh. So dreamy. So dreamy. Hope we like, get some naked, naked angel soon. All right, take it easy. I just saw okay. your eyes glaze over. <laughs> uh, okay, hives. We're talking about hives. <laughs> I, I feel like um, Austin Powers. Baseball, cold showers. <laughs> yeah. Margaret Thatcher naked on a cold day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so hives. 
Uh, So Mitch tries to say something sweet about her dress matching her blue eyes, but she corrects them that they're Hazel and then calls him Helen Keller. Yeah, (laughs) real nice. nice, Cordelia. Not nice, Cordy. Buffy rushes out of the library and sort of like trips on them Mm -hmm. um, and kind of like falls onto the floor and drops a bunch of weapons. Yeah, there's there's some there's some hardcore weapons in there too. There's stakes, of course. Yeah, but there's also like. I, I got a quick look at it, but it was like a flail, like a ball yeah. and chain, sort of like a spike thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And some other stuff, like stabby yeah. tools. Yeah. Some stabby tools. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, Tools for stabbing. Mm-hmm. And Cordy says, behold the weirdness. Yeah. And then, you know, Buffy sort of like does her classic Buffy cover-up fumbling through an explanation of how the weapons are for history class and and nobody really cares. They're just like, okay, and walk away. In that moment, um, I would agree with Cordelia, though. If you know nothing about the vampire slaying and you saw a girl with all of this crap in her backpack, yeah, I would be like, weird. yeah, weirdness. Yeah, this 100%. Weird. I'm beholding it. Yeah, I mean, if it were me and I was coming out of a library and I had all of those things, I would be like, it's for drama club. And everyone would be like, yeah, because she's a fucking weirdo drama nerd. And it would make sense. She is not an actress, though. Didn't you see her in the talent show? She's terrible. Terrible actress. Oh, Buffy? Yeah. There's no (laughs) way she could be in that drama club. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Uh yeah, good point. Good point. That wouldn't be great. But again, Cordelia doesn't care. She just wants to say what she needs to say, make fun of people, and move on. True. So that's what she does. So she and you know her her little gang walk off as she can sort of continues to smack talk Buffy, mm-hmm. and Buffy just looks on sort of sad. And then in what I assume is some kind of English or literature class, a teacher is reading a few lines from Shakespeare's The Merchant of Venice. Um, She says, if you prick us, do we not bleed? If you tickle us, do we not laugh? If you poison us, do we not die? If you wrong us, shall we not seek revenge? And she leads the class in a discussion about the anger of outcasts in a society, which is actually pretty relevant, of course, to this episode. episode. Yeah. Um, And Cordelia has a very unique perspective on this. So she's saying that Shylock, uh, who's the character who was sort of like monologuing there, should get over himself. She says that Shylock is basically like a whiny bitch who needs to get over himself. Right. And Willow, who, by the way, is wearing a Scooby-Doo shirt. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that. I did notice that. It's actually in my notes. Another connection to Scooby-Doo. I think you're going to say the thing that I was going to say at the end, but go ahead. Sarah Michelle Gellar was in Scooby-Doo movie, which I saw in movie theaters. She was in two of them. Oh, I didn't see the second one. I only saw the first one. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the second one. Was this, wait, was the first one the one on the island? I don't know. I didn't see them. What? Come on. I'm what not What kind of Buffy Scooby-Doo. fan are you? You're not going to see <laughs> Scooby-Doo? I'm a fan of Buffy. I'm not a fan of Scooby-Doo. Yeah, That's the but kind Buffy of fan and I am. Sarah Michelle Gellar, they're like the same person. I probably saw the first one as well and didn't see the second. Because I remember going as, what year did the first one come out? Must have been 2002 because I saw it with my high school girlfriend in theaters. Oh, okay. Hmm. I don't know because I remember summer of 2005 going as the scooby-doo gang for that could we have been when the second up one for came six out. flags they must have done a halloween thing i don't know they always do a halloween thing yeah and for whatever reason the people i was going with decided that they wanted to be the scooby-doo gang 
Bet you can guess who I was. You were Velma? Yeah. Checks out. Yeah. But yes, you're correct. Sarah Michelle Gellar was in two Scooby-Doo movies. Okay. Cool. So Willow kind of offers a counterpoint that, you know, she's like, well, ev- everyone looked down on Shylock. Mm-hmm. And Cordelia says, that is such a twinky defense. Shylock should get over himself. People who think their problems are so huge craze me. Like this time I ran over, I sort of ran over this girl on her bike. It was the most traumatizing event of my life. And she's trying to make it about her leg. Like my pain meant nothing. Yeah, that's going to be pretty like, traumatizing. Fuck, Cordelia. <laughs> and somehow the teacher manages to like not cuss Cordelia out and be like, really, bitch? But she's yeah. just like, yeah, Cordelia has an interesting point. And this I'm teacher's like, a fan of Cordelia, which I is. that came out of left field. I was like, who's a fan of Cordelia other than kids who just want to be popular? Well, I mean, her point is like she's and she says like, oh, it's nice that someone has actually done the reading. She's participating in class, which I think is what this teacher is into yeah like you know i mean okay this is sort of a weird and warped perspective that cordelia has but at least she's doing the reading and thinking about it she understands what they're trying to get at with shylock maybe yeah then the bell rings and class is over um cordelia stays behind to ask the teacher miss miller for extra help on a paper and they agree to meet after school the next day she sees Harmony in the hallway and she tells Harmony that her dress is ready and she's like, Mitch is going to die. Yeah. Which people keep saying in the show and I feel like they shouldn't say that in the show. What? That um, Mitch is going to die? Well, remember in the episode in I, Robot, You, Jane, yeah. when Miss Calendar is like, hey, Fritz, like you and Dave are clocking a whole lot of computer time. Like you working on a project? And he's like... Yeah, she's like, cool, am I going to be excited? And he's like, you'll die. <laughs> I mean, Party. she doesn't die. Party. But like, you know, just, you know, phrasing people. You can't say that kind of stuff in Sunnydale. A lot Don't of people you know die you in Sunnydale. Yeah, so much death at your high school. Take it easy with the D word. Yeah, take it yeah. easy. All right, so then we cut to the boys' locker room and we see Mitch. And frankly, if we know anything about the Sunnydale High locker rooms, it's that there is a real (laughs) putt. They're huge. (laughs) They're huge. It's like a warehouse locker room with short little lockers so you can see everybody's heads. That's true. But also, there's a real possibility that Mitch is going to die in here because everything bad happens in the locker rooms. That's true. It's just nice that the boys' room is getting a little action because normally it's always the girls' room. It is always the girls' room. And the boys' room is much bigger. The girls' room feels very claustrophobic compared to the boys' locker room. Yeah, well, you know, boys in sports, I guess. <laughs> what, they're going to, like, shoot the basketball a little bit while they're getting dressed? No, just like everybody cares more about men's sports than women's. So, sho- so you know, more, shove more the women space. in the dinky locker room. Well, I think their lockers are taller, though, so they get more space for their things. And, and for bodies. Well, possibly. Oh, right. Possibly more <laughs> privacy, too. Yeah. Because I would feel very That's exposed true. in that locker room, that male locker room. So when you like had like gym class and stuff, did you just change out in the open in the locker rooms, or did you did you have like stalls that you changed in? No, it was out in the open. Oh my god, that's so. Ugh. Yeah, it was never. I can't fun. do it. I, it was never fun. I always went into the like we had a couple of bathrooms, you know, inside. Yeah. So I always waited until one of those were free, and I changed in there. Yeah. No, it's different. <laughs> different where I, where I grew up <laughs> did you have the option of changing in like a stall or a no wow no well they might have had like a stall somewhere 
I'm trying to think back. I mean, I went to a lot of different schools growing up, but most oh, of them, yeah. most, uh, I think all of them, all of them had like a big open locker room. I'm talking high school though. High school. Yeah. Ooh, we had two high schools because we moved into a new one. I don't oh. remember the locker room in the new one. I'm trying to think back. But the old locker room I remember, and that was open as well. Open showers mm-hmm. too. Like wow, one big what? shower room. Yeah. And you got naked? Uh, Everybody? I think some people did. <laughs> I never showered after gym class. I don't I mean, think many people I mean, if the option showered. was to strip down in front of everybody, like, yeah, I wouldn't either. Right. If it's like get naked with all but your classmates and shower. But I understand if that's more shower. for like, if it's more for like the, like getting into the pool, I get that because you're showering yes. down in your bathing suit. That's true. You could do that. Before yeah. and after, you know? Yep. But if it's not like, oh, I don't know. I'm not in. I'm not into that. I'm not into yeah. that. No, it's no fun. It's not maybe, a good time. Maybe I have weird. I don't have. I don't feel like I have any shame around no, my it's body. Just, but like, it's just I just, privacy. This is yeah. Not like used you're, to getting naked you're like with, fourteen. Right. This, you know. Yeah. Especially at that age, you don't want to get naked with your friends. No, it's weird. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. Anyway, stay out of the locker rooms, people. Yeah, bad stuff happens. In Sunnydale. Um, in Sunnydale. So Mitch is in the boys' locker room. Some guy comes up and asks Mitch uh, if he's going to the bronze later. He says that he's he will be there after he picks up his tux. Uh, and the guy says, yeah, you got to look good to be on Cordelia's arm. And Mitch says... That's not where I'm trying to be. Something like that. <laughs> it's not her arm I'm looking to be on. Yeah. I, was, I just I had a feeling close. you knew that line. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like... What are you trying to be on? What are you trying to be on? <laughs> what are you trying to be on? Yeah. <laughs> like I just want I just want to like sit on her head. I want to be on her head. <laughs> or like on her shoulders. She like carry me around, you know? We do like Mitch on fights. a bitch. Like <laughs> elf on a shelf. Mitch See, on I, a bitch. I wouldn't say that. That's disrespectful. I can say it. I'm a woman. I know. And Cordelia's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I would have called her that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you would have. But we get a little hum- human side of Cordelia later, which is nice. We'll we get do. to that. Yeah, spoilers. All right. Yeah, and also like, do, is that do guys really talk like that? No, we've already been over this. Guys don't talk like that. If they do, it's like a joke, kind of like what you just joked about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, well, I do talk. You like do it for that. a laugh. <laughs> I do it for a laugh. Yeah. I mean, the guys that I hung around didn't talk like that, but I was also hanging out with like drama and band kids, not jocks. So who knows. I don't, even, okay, so I don't even think jocks were talking about that. If they, anything, they're talking about sports. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what that's what's we can't important. generalize. You know, it's yeah. going to be different depending on who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Write us in. What did you talk about in high school? Yeah. Uh. So yeah. Then we hear some footsteps. So the the guys leave. You know, they're like, oh, and they leave. And then we hear some. And then Mitch is alone. We hear some footsteps and some female giggling mitch goes you know mitch is like you know who's there whatever kind of like trying to investigate and then he goes to pick up a bat yeah because he's getting a little freaked out but the bat like kind of picks itself up yeah and floats floating bat yeah just beats up mitch yeah cgi louisville slugger yeah wax his face yeah that was pretty i felt like the graphics were pretty bad there yeah I mean, it wasn't I, terrible, but, I was but it okay was with like... It. I was okay with it. All right, good. I mean, it was like, if I had the choice between that CGI bat, and we got 
many other CGI items throughout this episode. Or bat on string. As yeah. long as I can't see the string like easily, I'm mm-hmm. always going to go bat on string just because yeah. it looks better. But this one for 97 for this low resolution standard definition effect, I'm okay with it. Okay. I'll give Passes. it the I'll give it the pass. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so then we go to the intro. Uh, back from the intro music, Cordelia is bribing her fellow students with chocolates yep. to vote for her as May Queen. Uh, by the way, the May Queen is a pagan tradition of electing a young girl to symbolize the purity of spring and kick off May Day or Beltane celebrations, which happen on May 1st. I know you're, you're, you, why are you making that face? Why do you get so uncomfortable when I talk about witch stuff? No, I'm not making any face. I'm giving you historical context. I know. No, I just had something in my eyes. I was like, oh boy, I got to get more sleep. They're like drying out. So I squint them like this. I'm just going to reference pagan stuff in every episode now. And I'm going to see how often you try to cut it. I don't cut. And I will cut you, Pat. (laughs) Jesus. I cut a boy's sweater once. Yeah, I believe it. I don't I don't (laughs) want to get cut or milk in my face. (laughs) Yeah, the old one guy that I heard talking about crazy sex stuff, I threw milk at him in high school. I don't want that. (laughs) Yes. So that's where the May Queen originally comes from. It's a celebration of springtime and fertility, and there's usually a maypole. And no, it is not like the movie Midsummer. Let's not I even talk seen about it yet. that. Yeah, no spoilers. I, I haven't, haven't either, because I was just like, this is going to just. Piss I heard me it's off. really uh, scary or depressing or weird or something. I mean, from everything I've read about it, it's like weird and fucked up. But yeah. maybe we should watch that. Mm, maybe. All right. I mean, I, you know, I could take it or leave it. Yeah. Anyway, um, Cordelia does not give Buffy any chocolate because she says she doesn't need the fringe loony vote. Yeah, I wrote that one down. Loony fringe yeah. vote. Fringe loony, I think it is. I thought it was loony fringe. Well, we're gonna. We don't need to, to, to check the, it. We're gonna we have to go to, to the tape. It. No, we go don't have to tape. go to the tape. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> All right, Buffy reply. Buff. So Cordelia kind of walks away, and Buffy's like, "I don't even like chocolate." <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't like chocolate? But loves I know, chocolate. and she's like, "That was lame." <laughs> uh, then Xander and Willow, you know, approach Buffy and ask what Cordy's up to, and then they they kind of like share a, a laugh about a silly past memory of Cordelia that, of course, Buffy is not in on. So Willow and Xander are giggling pretty hard together here. And they do this a few times throughout this episode. And I thought yeah. it was like leading to something, but I don't really, now that I'm looking back, I'm like, why were they shown giggling together? Is it just showing like the progression of their relationship? Like, oh, they have something, like they giggle together. They have lots of memories, like just sort of planting that seed. Yeah, I th- I think it's a little bit of that and a little bit, you know, like, because Buffy, you know, later on, Buffy talks about, a, like, she sort of feels a little isolated sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is just an example of, like, even in the school where she now seems to have, like, a pretty good group of core people, you know, mostly Willow and Xander that she hangs out with, but, she'll, you know, she'll never be part of, like, their history. Like the friendship memories that you build upon and have all these inside jokes. She's feeling a bit of an outsider. Yeah. From time to right. time. Exactly. So, yeah, I don't think it's like too deep. But yeah. And then, you know, so they're kind of like, la- they're basically like making fun of Cordelia and how like she's always wanted titles. Yeah. They're kind of giggling about that. And then, you know, Xander's like, what kind of moron wa- would want to be a May Queen anyway? And then Buffy's like, I did. Um, and she 
talks about how she was at her last school. And I was thinking about this, like this has never occurred to me until this rewatch. I kind of get that they're using this like May Queen popularity contest race thing as a plot device, but Cordelia, Buffy, Willow, and Xander are all sophomores. So like it's weird to me that Cordelia is like ruling the school as a sophomore. sophomore. Like we're the seniors. (laughs) Right. Because I feel like, you know, usually in high school, there's kind of this hierarchy, right? Like an, a, when you're a sophomore, you're still like a lower class person or whatever. Like you're not. Right. See, I'm interested to see how old they actually get in these seasons. Like, is it like Harry Potter where the next season they come back and it's the next year? I doubt it. It's probably going to be like the next month or something. And they're going to be in high school throughout this entire series. I don't know. I Well, I do know, <laughs> I don't actually. Know. I do know. Time will I'm, tell. Can't will tell they you go that. to community college? I don't know. <laughs> will they get well, these are part-time some great, jobs? Who these knows? are some great predictions that you can have when mm. we talk about Where's the wrap-up of season one. Just grab my pen, my notebook here. Yeah, write it down. Pork and beans, write it down. Pork and beans, write it down. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to actually write it down? Because you, you got your notepad out, you got your pen, and then you just looked up. Yeah, what am I writing? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You're writing down that you think they're going to be perpetually in high school. And I'm just feeding this back to you. You don't have to make a prediction out of it. This but... is why you're here. This is part of your position. I remember stuff. Co chair, host, co president, co CEO. Yeah. Like you it. get all the titles. You get all yeah. the co titles <laughs> here on this Co-creator. podcast. Co creator. Co creator, co showrunner. Creatrix. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. All right. I wrote it down. I would like to be Buffy CEO. What? And you can be Lost CEO. Mm, okay. We'll talk about it. My then people it will talk like to your people. Then it sounds like you're just like always getting lost in like closets and stuff. And I have that, to constantly be like, Patrick, it's this way, buddy. I mean, that kind of makes sense. That does kind of make sense. Given the show's history and then me trying to take notes and not remembering it. Yes. I am <laughs> Lost CEO for sure. <laughs> oh god okay um then we get you know the guy that mitch was talking to in the locker room runs into the hallway yelling mitch got wailed on i think he's and then we cut to snyder saying dead of course not what are you ghouls yeah snyder he's back (laughs) snyder principal ears that guy's got some wicked ears oh he's got oh snyder just the he's fun he's fun to look at you gotta look at him you gotta look at him for sure for sure yeah so, uh, yeah, and then uh, paramedics wheel Mitch out into the hallway. Buffy asks him what happened, and Mitch explains that the bat was just floating and knocked him out. Mm-hmm. Um, Buffy heads to the locker room, but Snyder stops her and is just like, where, where are you going, you know? And then Willow distracts him, Snyder, by saying that she heard Mitch's dad, the most powerful lawyer in Sunnydale, is going to sue. And so, you know... Snyder's like, what? Sue? What? Sue who? Um, and he kind of like turns his attention toward them, which allows Buffy to sneak into the locker room. Mm-hmm. So she investigates the crime scene, finds the bat on the ground. She sees the word look is written. I can't tell. It does. I don't think it's blood. I think it's I think no. it's just like red spray paint. I'm going to go with deodorant. Well, it's definitely red. Yeah, you could have red deodorant, right? What? Why? I don't know. I'm Why just would trying... you want to do that to your armpits? <laughs> just so that you know, like, it got there. Like, if it's white, you know it's on your I armpit. deodorize with blood. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, I don't know. 
Okay, fine. Maybe it's not red. I yeah, was just why, saying. Why I, would it be, I, I, I was just saying like. Red? <laughs> I was just thinking like gym probably deodorant sticks would be the, about that width. That's a look like the width that to stick. Okay. What? <laughs> it's clearly spray paint. <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah, you're right. What are you? T- <laughs> I'm gonna edit this. No, you're not. You don't get to always be the smart one. <laughs> if, you and think that's how I come off up. in this <laughs> podcast? I doubt I come off as the smart one in this one. You keep this in and let the people know that you think that there's red deodorant. Look, I don't. Okay, fine. What kind of deodorant are you using, Pat? If your deodorant is red, you should get new deodorant and it should be mine. It's red and it's very organic and it's great for your underarm and it smells like cinnamon. That's terrible for you. Yeah, it's called. That would burn your armpits. Huh? Cinnamon? Cinnamon smell? Yeah. No, it's just the smell. It's organic. That means natural. <laughs> they call it or cinnamon at least not, spice. Not made with chemicals. It's a it's a offshoot of old spice. Cinnamon <laughs> spice. And you put it on your armpits. It smells real good. <laughs> Big red. Big red. <laughs> Big red for your armpits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big red smooth. That's what they call it. You just oh, smooth God. it on, roll it on. Oh God. Yeah. I I yeah. swear some some of them are like blue. Yeah, like Rake but they're Rake actually... like a blue gel. Yeah, but when you actually apply it, it's not blue. It's clear. It rolls on clear. Yeah. I'm remembering the commercials. Yeah. Yes. Well, this one rolls on red, okay? <laughs> so rolls you know that you've red. actually applied it. Sometimes you look in the mirror and like, did I actually put on deodorant? I wasn't really paying attention to my morning routine. Oh, my armpit's red. Uh, I guess I did. It's red. Yep. I'm totally in. <laughs> I'm totally smelling good now. Mmm, cinnamon spice. Okay, well, uh, pretty sure it was not deodorant. I'm pretty sure it was either spray paint or blood, but I think it was spray paint, just given right. the. Let's go with spray paint. Given the style. Yeah, and what it. what happens later on in the episode? Like it makes sense that she could find spray paint. Yeah. So yes, Buffy tells Willow and Xander over lunch about the look and she says, you know, monsters don't usually send messages. It's pretty much crush, kill, destroy. Not look. And then Giles find them. <laughs> I just love his expression as he got, comes into the cafeteria. He's like, he looks completely lost. Like he's never like set me. foot in the cafeteria. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like you. <laughs> like he's just like, where, guys, where, where am are I? we? Is this where you get cookies and milk? (laughs) Right, because he's Santa Claus. Right. So then he finds them and, you know, he says Buffy is right, but he doesn't really have any theories. He's like, "Um, I've never actually heard of anyone attacked by a lone baseball bat before. And Xander says, maybe it's a vampire bat. (laughs) (laughs) And he gets nothing. He gets no respect. Yeah. This is me every time I make any jokes with my friends. Yeah, not me, though. I wrote, Xander needs friends like us. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You're the only like, one we would I can stand float up these and, like, stupid jokes by. <laughs> we would, like, flip the, like, you know, the lunch trays and be like, ah! <laughs> Yeah, we'd be like, ah, we're going home. The day's Xander over. Xander would be like, I can't deal with these idiots anymore. Like, we would be too weird for Xander. You think so? Yeah, probably. No, I, I don't I know. Think he w- I think he would love it. I think he'd love the ego boost. Oh, Xander and us would totally be a trio. We'd oh my god! Get along yeah. very well, for sure. I think it would be too weird for Willow. I think so. I think it would scare Willow. Yeah, because I would like so intensely want to be her friend. Yeah, she'd be like, "Just leave me alone. I want to read my books." 
so then Giles says, you know, he's like, he thinks that it maybe could be telekinesis or a ghost. And then they sort of split up their research slash recon duties. Then we cut to Harmony asking Cordelia why she wasn't in fifth period. Um, and Cordelia tells her, tells her that she was at the hospital visiting Mitch, who is okay enough to leave the hospital tomorrow. But of course, she's more worried about how he'll look in their photos. Yeah, the prom pictures. Yeah. His face can be all busted up. Mm-hmm. Can't have that. And then we get sort of like a dreamy... I called I called it ghost vision. Ghost vision. Ghost vision flashback? Question okay. mark, question mark. Oh, because you're thinking it's a ghost at this point. Well, that's what they said. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I was wondering what you were going to call that. Because <laughs> I wrote <laughs> dream phase flashback. Okay. Not as good as ghost vision, but. No, I like ghost vision flashback better. Both Cordelia and Harmony talking um, in this flashback scene. And someone is approaching saying, hi, guys. And then Cordelia is like, what do you want? And that's pretty much it. And then the flashback is over. Uh, Cordelia and Harmony are keep talking and walking. And Buffy approaches them. And then suddenly Harmony is like kind of pulled back and falls down the stairs. She says that her ankle, she thinks, is broken. In the ensuing chaos, Snyder asks what happened. Harmony says she was pushed. And then we hear some more female laughter. And Buffy kind of notices it and follows it to the band, like back inside the school um, and yep. into a, the band room. Right. Where something kind of seems to like trip over her. They bump, um, they like bump into each other yeah they kind of like bump into each other yeah um and then it disappears and we see it disappear up into the ceiling tiles but buffy doesn't right back outside at the end of the day we see two guys in black suits leaning yeah, men in black yeah mib mib um and they're like not not really being that they're just standing there <laughs> they're just kind of standing there by a tree yeah being weirdos <laughs> being super weirdos and buffy willow xander and giles walk past um buffy asks giles if he's ever touched a ghost and giles says no but he's heard it described as a rather cold amorphous feeling it makes your hair stand on end and buffy says you see that's my problem i touched the thing but it didn't go through me it bumped into me yeah. and it wasn't cold right not so very unghost like very unghost like because ghosts you just pass through and you get a little chill yeah, like in Casper. Right, or Sixth Sense. So Xander says, so what, we're talking about an invisible person? And Buffy says, a girl, she laughed. Giles says, a girl on campus with the ability to become invisible. Um, and then Xander says he'd give anything to become invisible so he can, quote, protect the girl's locker room. You know, Xander's really given guys just a bad rap. I mean, I think Mitch maybe is giving guys a little bit more of a bad rap. Okay, good point. <laughs> <laughs> Xander's always got to be a creep. He's always got to be like, gotta look gotta, at me naked just girls. Just gotta have like a slight perviness to him. And yeah. I mean, like, but he's open about it. He always me. talks to his girlfriends about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. he doesn't. He, you know, he lost Jesse. He doesn't have any any more male friends that he he's can like. I gotta get this perviness with. out. Who's gonna listen? <laughs> <laughs> but like, this is a thing. I don't know. I guess it depends on on the person. But like, I definitely had some guy friends who would say stuff like this. 
they wouldn't be like, oh, it's not her arm I want to be on. But they might say like, yeah, I'd, I'd be invisible and fucking hang out in the girl's locker room. Like that, mm-hmm. I feel like it's different to me. One okay. is like very aggressive and the other one is just sort of like passive perviness. Passive perviness. Yeah. Now that, that is the alternate title for this episode. <laughs> passive, Xander's passive perviness. <laughs> Xander All right, I got to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> So I also I noticed like a lot of our titles come from Buffy, though. <laughs> so setting aside Xander's passive perviness. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Those locker rooms could use some protection. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, he's doing it for pervy reasons. But frankly, he's had they, some hero moments the past couple of episodes, too. So I feel like, has. you know, he saved some people. Yeah. So would it Punch be all that bad? Out? If he was able to just hang out in the girls' locker room and protect them. Yeah, I mean, it would be bad if people were getting undressed and they didn't know he was there. Yeah. That'd be bad. But if he's saving lives? These are the hard questions we have to ask ourselves. These are the hard questions. (laughs) We're the only ones asking them. (laughs) (laughs) Write in, should Xander be Be allowed allowed to be... see naked girls if he's protecting the locker room we without their consent without yeah. without their consent <laughs> <laughs> that's where it gets dicey yeah we'll see what we get we'll see what kind of results we get yeah maybe we can make this a poll on instagram okay all right so Willow the answer asks, is no there's no way <laughs> that's not allowed <laughs> not allowed okay <laughs> willow asks if um if this person is a witch and she's like, because we can fight a witch. And then Xander supplies some knowledge about how, you know, there are some Greek myths about cloaks of invisibility, but they're usually for the gods. Or, or Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> they realize the common factor in Invisible Girls Target is Cordelia. Invisible Girls Target? Is that like a store that Invisible Girls can shop at? <laughs> <laughs> What does it matter if no one can see their clothes? Excuse me. Do you have this invisible socks in blue? (laughs) Excuse me. Do you have invisible deodorant in red? But I actually want to be able to see the deodorant color. And the clerk's like, this is too specific for invisible target. Invisible girl's target. (laughs) You're going to have to go to invisible girl's Kmart. God, we're never going to get through this episode. No, we're not. <laughs> okay. Buffy says she'll keep an eye on Cordelia that evening. And Giles says, this was unscripted, by the way, which yeah. I love. Some of the best lines are. Giles says, how exactly to propose to hunt someone you can't see? You may have to work on listening to people. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> yeah, you don't get good. it. <laughs> Do you need me to explain it to you? <laughs> Yeah, go ahead and explain it. Just in case. I mean, I know, but I just want to hear you explain it. What? So he's saying, oh, you you may have to work on listening to people, like, for a change. Huh. How are you going <laughs> to hunt an invisible person? Oh, you might have to work on listening oh, to people. Oh, on hearing. Oh, yeah. Okay. I yeah, getcha. well, but but he's also making a reference to, like, the fact that Buffy never listens to him. She never listens, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Okay. So. Wasn't the best oh. zinger. Oh, that's so sad that you didn't get that because I was like, damn, Giles. No, that's not like a damn, Giles. Some mad shade. No, that's not mad shade. Come yes, on. Yes, it is. Nah, that's lame. 
but afterwards she's like, oh, ha ha. All right. Sorry, I think didn't that's do it mad for me. shade. Right in, nah. mad shade, not mad shade. Right in, not mad shade because it's not mad shade. Right in, mad shade because Giles doesn't throw shade at all. So I feel like any shade he throws is mad shade. Well, last episode, he did say, Willow, do shut up. Mad shade. This that was one. Mad shade. Yeah, but this was, you like, might a, this listen, was like a deep Not mad dig. shade. This was like a deep dig. Nah. You got to work on listening Shallow to people. Dig. Shallow dig, like a one Deep and a half dig, inch mad shallow shade. dig. All right, so this episode is going to be called Passive Perviness Deep Dig Mad Shade. Mad Shade. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back at Sunnydale High later that night, Cordelia is trying on her dress as Buffy looks on sadly from outside in the hall. Then we start to hear flute music, which Giles in the library also hears. Then Giles hears some creaking, asks who's there, turns to face a glass cabinet, but doesn't see anyone. Then he turns back and, ah! Angel shows up. Angel shows up. He's like, hey, have you seen my flute? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And he does not have a reflection. He doesn't because vampires don't have reflections. Yes. Now, we have not seen Angel since Angel. Right, which is three episodes? Yeah, episode seven. Yeah. Angel puts Giles at ease by saying he's not there to eat. And they have a short conversation about how he just doesn't eat people anymore. He says he's got news, but it's too hard for him to like be around Buffy. So he's coming to Giles, basically. Giles says, a vampire in love with a slayer. It's rather poetic in a maudlin sort of way. And Angel gives his usual cryptic warning about the master. He says, something's already in motion, something big, but I don't know what. And he asks Giles- Or little, like mini-me. He doesn't know. He doesn't know if it's big, if it's little, he doesn't know. And then he asks Giles if he studied all the slayer lore. I kind of love this part. They're like a little bit nerding out together. And yeah. he's like, hey, man, have you read this book? You know, you got this, know, you got cute. this Slayer book. Yeah. Um, he's like, I heard about it. <laughs> Giles says he's studied everything he can, but not the best book, which is the Tiberi- Tiberius Manifesto, the Pergamum Codex, which was lost in the 15th century. Sounds and Angel, Angel sort of mischievously, mischievously, mischievous, mischievously, mischievous mischievously mysteriously in a mystifying way looks at giles and says not loss misplaced i can get it um he knows a guy he knows a guy and that makes giles very happy he's got a slayer comic book guy yeah he's like welcome (laughs) to the dark side (laughs) (laughs) your books are in the back i'm picturing like a boutique with a bunch of books like leather bound and skin bound yeah and the guy's just at the front did you ever watch simpsons the comic book guy sorry no no refunds don't i didn't watch simpsons really i know that's like really bad i'm gonna get a lot of hate for that but okay yeah i just didn't i'm sorry okay anyway uh that makes giles happy and then angel sort of raises his eyebrows at the book that giles is holding legends of vishnu and Giles explains that there's an invis- invisible girl terrorizing the school. So just for some context, there's no actual book called Legends of Vishnu. It's a reference to the second god in the Hindu holy trinity. Um, some texts describe Vishnu as having a universal form beyond the limits of human sense and perception. And um, some other texts say that uh, he's referred to as a mortiman which is having no form. 
So that's kind of where that sort of comes from. So Giles is looking into that, like this person having no form. Um, and then they both agree invisibility isn't their area of expertise. And Giles says, by all accounts, it's a wonderful power to possess. An angel who does not have a reflection says, oh, I don't know. Looking in the mirror every day and seeing nothing there, it's an overrated pleasure. How's he do his hair so good if he can't even see himself in a reflection? He's just he's just blessed that way. Hashtag blessed. Does his hair even grow? These are questions we don't know the answers to. He's probably just got a great barber that he goes to. Great vamp barber. It's only open yeah. at night. Yeah, and that's where he buys his blood deodorant from. Yeah, he's like, you got any of that blood deodorant that I heard? It smells like cinnamon. <laughs> Tastes like blood. They were out of stock at Invisible Girls Target. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll roll it on my uh, armpit and then i'll take a little lick because a couple roll and lick like scratch and lick. sniff yeah <laughs> that's cinnamon so spice roll and lick i think we're on to something <laughs> oh my god <laughs> all right next product for floor apothecary <laughs> yeah roll and lick roll and lick inspired Blood by deodorant. buffy the vampire slayer episode 11 <laughs> oh god Okay, um, then we get another flashback, but this time we're actually seeing another girl, um, and she's in the girl's bathroom trying to join in on Harmony and Cordelia's conversation, but they cut her out. Um, and then back in reality, Cordelia is crowned May Queen in the Sunnydale High Courtyard, and as she's giving a speech, Willow and Xander meet up with Buffy sort of like on the outskirts of this speech happening, and Willow hands Buffy a list of dead and missing students. And then uh, notices the two men in black suits again. And she wonders aloud if Cordelia has hired bodyguards. Um, Buffy asks about the latest missing student, Marcy Ross, who disappeared six months ago. And she plays flute. Uh, so Buffy goes to investigate the band room again and notices a boot print on a chair. So she stands on it and then climbs on a bookcase and then goes up into the ceiling because it's got yeah. one of those. What do you call those? The drop, drop, like ceiling. A drop ceiling? Yeah, drop ceiling. Okay. Um which yeah, is so she, she did a lot of math and able to be like she's probably up in the drop ceiling like because i saw a boot print on the chair that means i'm going to climb way up here into the drop ceiling well she saw the boot print on the chair so obviously someone was standing on a chair yeah and then they couldn't get from the ch like if you're standing on the chair there's not really anywhere else to go except for up into the ceiling Right, but you could have just done like the Dead Poet Society where you stand in the chair and been like, oh, captain, my captain, and then step you down. You could have. That's true. But I guess because she had already been in that same band room once, she was like, you know what? I'm going to check out the ceiling. I didn't notice this boot print before in this chair in this con in, con in this conspicuous place. Yeah. Okay. You know? Sure. I'll buy it. She's Maybe her slayer senses were tingling. There we go. Now that is an explanation there I can you get go. behind. Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> you just keep rolling the dice on your explanations until I buy one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so she goes into ceiling, and after kind of crawling around a little bit, the space opens up into a sort of nest situation. Like a where, house. Yeah, so there's like a bed, a flute, music sheets, a teddy bear. So it definitely looks like a teenage flute playing girl is living there. Fits the description. <laughs> Fits the description. <laughs> Teddy bear, check. Yearbook, check. Flute, mm-hmm. Bed. Deodorant, music invisible sheet, girl, deodorant. Invisible girl, deodorant yep. from Invisible Target. It's got to be Marcy Ross. 
Gotta be. Buffy opens Marcy's yearbook and uh, a knife floats behind her. Yeah. Then she close. She's like, yep, this is you. And then she closes the yearbook, takes it with her, and the knife disappears. Then we cut to Miss Miller waiting in her classroom for Cordelia. And invisible Marcy laughs and puts a plastic bag over Miss Miller's head. Cordelia runs in and saves her, saves her as invisible Marcy writes on the chalkboard, listen. Listen. Hey, listen. listen. Hey, hey, listen. In the library, Buffy shows Willow, Xander, and Giles the yearbook. And Willow says, oh my God, have a nice summer. Have a nice summer. This girl had no <laughs> friends at all. This part really made me laugh. Yeah. So Giles goes, uh, once again, I teeter at the precipice of the generation gap. <laughs> And Buffy goes, have a nice summer is what you write when you have nothing to say. And Xander says, it's the kiss of death. <laughs> so Giles is like, okay. And then Willow says, oh, look what I wrote. Have a great summer. See, I cared. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Buffy points out that Willow and Xander wrote it too. And then they realize that they both had four classes with her last year, even though they Ooh. were like, I didn't know her at all. Yeah. And then Buffy says, so no one noticed her and now she's invisible. Giles hits the table, has a real like aha moment. Right. And he says, Light of bulb. course, I've been investigating the mystical causes of invi invisibility when I should have looked at the quantum mechanical. And Buffy's like, I think I speak for everyone when I say, huh? Huh? And then he explains, it's a rudimentary concept that reality is shaped, even created by our perception. Buffy says, and with the hellmouth below us sending out mystical energy, Giles says, people perceived Marcy as invisible and she became so. Yeah, which at first made my eyes roll. I was like, really? This is this is it? <laughs> but then I was like, whatever. It works, I guess. <laughs> They're on a hellmouth. They're on a hellmouth. Hellmouth explains a lot. It does. It's, it's a very easy scapegoat. So we get another flashback in Miss Miller's class. She's asking the class questions and Marcy raises her hand every time, but she never gets called on. Then her hand starts to disappear. Yeah, very Marty McFly back to the future. That is correct. <laughs> Thank you. Um, back in the library, Buffy realizes, you know, this isn't a great power that she can control. It's something that was done to her that we did to her. Technically yeah. not Buffy because she wasn't at the school. Xander asks what she wants and Buffy shows them a yearbook photo of Cordelia that's all scribbled over. In walks Cordelia and she's sort of pleading with Buffy. She goes, Buffy, I know we've had our differences with you being so weird and all and hanging out with these total losers. Well, anyway, despite all of that, I know that you share this feeling that we have for each other deep down. And Willow goes, nausea? Mm. Cordelia says, somebody is after me. They just tried to kill Miss Miller. She was helping with my homework and Mitch and Harmony. This is all about me, 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 me. And Xander goes, wow, for once she's right. Yeah, she actually put the pieces together. Yeah. And figured it well, out. Well, she always thinks it's about her, but that's what Xander is saying. Like, for once, oh, this, this actually time is about her. she actually got it right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Uh, so Buffy says, so you've come to me for help? And Cordelia says, because you're always around when all this weird stuff is happening. And I know you're very strong and you've got all these weapons. So I was kind of hoping you were in a gang. Please, yeah. I don't have anyone else to turn to. So Sometimes she looks of... like she's in a gang. She's definitely in a Scooby gang of sorts. Yes. Yeah. 
but yeah, so it's kind of interesting. Like, you know, here we peg Cordelia as this person who's like totally just self-involved. And she is and like, you know, not paying attention to everyone else. But she's clearly noticed that Buffy is around doing stuff that she's strong and that she had weapons earlier in this episode. <laughs> yeah. So they catch Cordelia up on sort of what's going on. And Cordelia, of course, says that she's never seen Marcy before. She's like, I've never seen her before in my life, even though we've already seen all these flashbacks where right. Marcy was trying to interact with Cordelia. Yeah. Yeah. Invisible Marcy is having like a rage fit in her nest where she's just like walking around and spouting angry things. Real quick, just to yeah. go back. They actually tell Cordelia that Marcy is an invisible girl. Yes. And she's just like, yeah, well, whatever. Just just help. <laughs> like, yeah, help she's just me. like, just like, get she... just get rid of it. And yeah, very unfazed. That <laughs> yeah. There's an and invisible Buffy's girl. like, we, it's a person, you know, like yeah. this is a person. And right. Cordelia doesn't give a shit. She's just like, I don't care. I want to be crowned. And like, I just don't want <laughs> people around queen, me to be hurt. And I don't want to die. Yeah. So she's pretty unfazed. Because again, she doesn't care about other people. Right. She's like, I don't care what it is. Just get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the library, they conclude that Marcy will probably try to do something at the coronation that evening. So Willow suggests that they just don't go through with it and kind of all stay away from it. But Cordelia says that if they do, Marcy wins, which she does kind of have a point and Buffy kind of backs her up on that. So then they decide to use Cordelia as bait to draw Marcy out. But who's listening from in the stacks? It's Invisible Marcy. So then Buffy and Cordelia walk together in the hall, sort of discussing Marcy. Um, and this is where Cordelia has like a real human moment of vulnerability. Yeah. Um, you know, she says, you think I'm never lonely because I'm so cute and popular? I can be surrounded by people and be completely alone. It's not like any of them really know me. I don't even know if they like me half the time. People just want to be in a popular zone. Sometimes when I talk... Everyone's so busy agreeing with me, they don't hear a word I say. And Buffy says, well, if you feel so alone, then why do you work so hard at being popular? And Cordelia says, well, it beats being alone all by yourself. Maybe that's why the teacher was into her in the beginning. She's like, oh, she's popular. I don't care what she's saying. I just want to be her friend. Maybe. I had a teacher like this. She was all into the popular kids and... She like wanted to be all their friends. So weird to me. Isn't it weird? Yeah. Yeah. We did not get along, me and her. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't either. Yeah. Because obviously you weren't a popular kid. What are you talking about, man? You, We've already talked about this. You were a fringe skater weirdo. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't say weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> no, the skater skater boys were cool. I was skater fringe kids were cool. skater. I was friends with all the groups. Mm-hmm. All the groups. <laughs> all the groups. I was friends with all the groups. With all no, the I jocks and around. the cheerleaders. Yeah, you were yeah, friends with the cheerleaders. Sure. I was, we were in a very small town. I was friends with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then in the library, Willow, Giles, and Xander hear the flute music, and they leave to find Marcy. Cordelia changes into her dress in a broom closet and threatens Buffy to never tell anyone. Willow, Xander, and Giles follow the flute music into the basement, and like kind of try to reason with Marcy as they go. Then Xander discovers that it's, it's a boombox. A boombox. And he says, Can you say gulp? Gulp. And they're locked into the basement with the gas turned on. Yeah, gas leak. Buffy tries to have a heart to heart with Cordelia through the closet door. And then Cordelia goes a little too quiet. And Buffy realizes that something's going on in there. So mm-hmm. she busts in 
to the closet and then jumps into the ceiling. She sees uh, Cordelia's feet like dangling, going up yeah. into the ceiling, like with her old timey coronation Yay! dress. <laughs> yeah, Buffy. And then she yeah. does a big hop and a swing. Oh yeah, she jumps right up into that ceiling. She jumps right up into the ceiling. And uh, funny aside here. Well, it's yeah. not really funny, but it's relevant, okay? Okay, okay. Oh, you've jumped into a ceiling before? <laughs> I've been in so many school, high school drop ceilings. What? I can't even tell you. Why? <laughs> because uh, for a little while, I worked for a company where I installed a lot of cabling, oh. like audio, video cabling and network cables and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it would suck because some of these schools are so old and they'd have asbest vampire asbestos up in the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. And then, How are but, you not dead? It's coming, please. <laughs> it's all going to catch up with me. <laughs> Paid the bills, though. Tell you what. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty every, cool. Yeah. Every once in a while, you'd find like a little hideout, too. Sort of like what? Like Marcy a stash? Ross. Like people, people stashing their pot? Yeah. Well, no, not like a pot stash, but like you would find like an area where people could like crawl up into. Like if you could get on top of the lockers and pop the ceiling. And then if there was like some sort of structure above the the drop ceiling because you couldn't stand on the drop ceiling right but if there was like a grate or sometimes there's like an access walkway up there to like fix pipes or something yeah then people would hop up there and then like and create do like a little clubhouse i don't know maybe so yeah it's pretty cool it's a whole different world wow yeah okay cool let's keep moving <laughs> cool <laughs> let's keep moving through those drop ceilings yeah giles willow and xander are struggling with how to get out of the basement Buffy finds Cordelia passed out in Marcy's nest, ceiling yeah. nest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Buffy, Marcy kind of like kicks her. Buffy falls through the ceiling and then drops down and drugs her. Yeah, CGI needle comes floating up behind her. And Buffy's very slow to react to this. She's like, huh, what, what? Well, she just fell through a ceiling like onto a table and like crushed the table. So she's, so she's you know, a little she's winded. She's seeing stars. Yeah. 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 So then Buffy wakes up in the bronze. Uh, she's tied to a chair next to a Cordelia who is also tied to a chair. Oh, she's in the bronze? Yeah, they're in the bronze. Oh, I totally didn't put that together. I thought they were backstage like somewhere. No. Like, well, they school. talk about it being at the bronze. Yeah, I missed that. There's a part where they sort of like pull back and it looks like the bronze. But okay. I mean, I'm super familiar with how it looks. So right. it makes sense that I would pick that up and, and potentially, you know, not you. Yeah. I didn't but, really pay much attention to it. I just assumed. Yeah. No, they're at yeah. the bronze. Cordelia says that she can't feel her face. And then the word learn is painted in gold glitter on <laughs> yeah. a curtain in front of them. Like, And I'm looking at that and I'm like, that must have taken a while. <laughs> Yeah, that could also be the glitter and glue situations that took a while, right? Or if it was the gold glitter deodorant stick spray paint, you mean? No, they actually have one that's a gold glitter deodorant stick. Listen, that I would buy more than a red one. Yeah, you you know, because ladies like to sparkle. (laughs) Ladies like to sparkle underneath (laughs) their arms. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Sparkle pits. Sparkle pits. Yeah. Marcy wheels a cart over to Cordelia. Yeah. And Buffy asks what they're supposed to learn. Marcy says, you don't get it. You're not the student. You're the lesson. And Cordelia says, what did you do to my face? And Marcy says, your face. That's what this is all about, isn't it? Your beautiful face. That's what makes you shine just a little bit brighter than the rest of us. We all want what you have to be noticed, to be remembered, to to be seen. Well, I'm fulfilling your fondest wish. And she pulls off the cloth covering the tray, revealing 
surgical instruments. And she says, I'm going to give you a face no one will ever forget. Where do you think she got these surgical instruments? She could have gone from the nurse's office. She's invisible. She can fucking go anywhere. She went to Invisible Girl Target. Oh, that's where you're going with this. Okay. (laughs) Same place she buys her deodorant. Right. Uh, Marcy taunts Cordelia some more and then slices her face a little bit. She's just kind of like, you know. A little scalpel, CGI scalpel. Yeah. Buffy is sort of like scratching like at her restraints, like trying to cut through her rope restraints. And then Angel rescues Willow, Giles, and Xander. He gave Giles the book, so he was there to give Giles the book, and he could smell the gas coming out of the basement. So now Buffy, out of her restraints, tries to fight Marcy, who says, hey, moron, I'm invisible. How are you going to fight someone you can't see? And this is a great scene. Buffy stops, tells Cordelia to shut up, and it's like, kind of slow motion her hair is sort of like blowing very softly in the air and she's quiet and everything is quiet she's kind of like a jedi jedi trance yeah it's like a jedi like matrix moment yeah slow motion everything is slow motion so what did you think Mm -hmm. of this slow-mo part it was chef's kiss beautiful beautiful i knew you would like this part yeah she listens and she hears marcy move behind her and turns around and bam so she listened to Giles that exactly. Time. She punches Marcy out. Mar- Marcy falls into like a curtain type of thing, which of course wraps around her and then makes it very easy to see where she is. Right. She looks like Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah. In come the men, the two men in suits, the MIB, yep. and they announce that they're from the FBI. They tell Buffy to forget this never happened, but they don't have a fancy flash beam device. Right. They don't do the memory flash no they don't do that so they're not true men in black no they're more like x-files type and then buffy goes do you guys know that you're very creepy (laughs) (laughs) and they turn to leave and then they come back and he's like he goes oh and uh have a nice day (laughs) yeah and then leaves i was like this has to be a reference to something i don't know if it's a reference or if it's just weird okay because yeah. I was like, is this an, I wrote, I wrote to like ask you, like, is this an X-Files thing? I don't thing? think it's an X-Files thing. I think it's just them being socially awkward. Right. Because they're FBI. I don't know. No. I don't know if they're FBI. They're something. Well. There's something else. No, they say they're from the FBI. Right. But they're just saying that, you know. Next day, Cordelia has a very heartfelt apology for Buffy, Willow, Xander, and Giles. And she goes, you really helped me out yesterday and you didn't have to. And Willow starts to invite her to lunch. And then Mitch shows up and says, you're not really hanging out with these losers, are you? And Cordelia's like, no. And they walk away. And then we cut to the FBI agents leading Marcy into a classroom full of invisible students. And they're like, you'll be happy here. Um, She sits down, open her book, and we see a chapter titled Assassination and Infiltration. Yeah. Invisa, Invisa assassins. Yeah. Then like the subtitle refers to like targeting the leader of a cult as an example. Yikes. And she's like, cool. So there's got to be a lot of invisible people. Yeah. Or where do they all come from Sunnydale? Well, Buffy was saying when she was talking to the MIB guys, she was like, so this has happened at other schools, hasn't it? And they're like, we can't discuss that or okay. something like that. But other schools on the Hellmouth? I don't know. Are there? Is there more Hellmouths? There's got to be only one, right? You only have one mouth. Yeah. Well, I Maybe mean. Maybe it's the Hellbutt. 
Oh, I wouldn't <laughs> want to be on the hell asshole. <laughs> no, there are way worse students there. <laughs> I got some cool. fun fun facts for you and trivia. Unless really? do you have anything else you want to ask about the episode before I talk about that? Nope. How long are these uh, fun facts going to take? Quick. We're deep. Okay. Fun fact. Dave and I are watching New Girl and the actress who plays Marcy Ross, Clea mm-hmm. Duvall, was in an she episode. looked familiar. She looked really familiar. I'm sure I've seen her other places. She's in a couple of things. Okay. Sarah Michelle Geller and Clea Duvall are also in The Grudge together. Oh. I, so I don't know if you've seen that. The Grudge. I did see it a long time ago when yeah. it came out. Um, so Spooky. I don't that might be where you recognize her. She's I think yeah. she's one of those people that's like in a lot of things. Uh, when in class discussing Shylock, Cordelia says that's such a Twinkie defense, which is referring to um, a derisive label for an improbable legal defense. Hmm. It was a term coined by reporters during their coverage of the trial of defendant Dan White for the murders of San Francisco City Supervisor Harvey Milk and Mayor George Moscone. Uh, White's defense was that he suffered diminished capacity as a result of his depression. His change in diet from healthy food to Twinkies and other sugary food was said to be a symptom of depression. The consumption was symptomatic of his underlying depression and led to his actions resulting in the murder of milk. White was convicted of voluntary manslaughter, um, and the story of this is portrayed in the movie Milk, which was uh, in 2008. Twinkie defense. Yeah, that's that's a reference that a takes Twinkie some legwork. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I like yeah, that that just like didn't even I don't know what she, like I didn't know what I thought she was trying to say, but yeah, that just like I thought up she was just was making a silly word. Yeah. It's like a it's like a boopy defense. It's like a Twinkie defense, you know. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's what there's what that's from. So again, it's like damn, Cordelia's smart, you know. All the flashback scenes in this episode are in sepia tone. I call it ghost vision. Okay, well that's fine, but it's in <laughs> sepia tone, and I. It's not I, a very good sepia tone. No, it's I've not. I've seen sepia tone. Uh, it's the only time in the Buffy verse, Buffy verse, where this effect is used. It's because it was so crappy. They're like, let's never do that. <laughs> They're again. like, we can't do this fuzzy, fuzzy crap again. Yeah. You mean Ghost Vision? They're like, shut up. We're not calling <laughs> shut it up, that. Shut up, Earl. Shut up, Earl. He's like, okay, fine. I'll just stay back here and file these papers. Like, who hired this guy? I don't know. He's the one who came up with pork and beans. <laughs> All right, we keep him on then. Yeah, keep him on. Yeah, that was good. That was a good part of the show. <laughs> Uh, the scene in which Marcy wa- watches her hand fade away was inspired by a vivid dream that Joss Whedon had as a child and by the, the scene in Back to the Future. Yeah. Cool. Great trivia. Yeah. The, I was like, damn. This, like, because this is, I don't know, to me it's kind of a lackluster episode, but I was like, wow, this trivia, so there's like a lot going on here. <laughs> yeah, this trivia is banging. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Are we ready cool. to get into Lost? Oh, I am so ready to talk about this episode Are Lost. you? You're excited? I was on the edge of my seat. All right, well, let's get into Lost. So Lost Season 1, Episode 11. This one is titled, All the Best Cowboys Have Daddy Issues. Which I was right about. You were right about it being about... Well, I was right about the title, remember? Oh, you were right about the title, yeah, Yeah. because you you saw it. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I we saw all the best cowboys have D A dot dot dot. Oh, and right, I said right. daddy okay, issues and Dave was like, right There's about. no fucking way. That's the name of this title. And you and were right I about right. that. So this one is directed by Stephen Williams and written by check out this Javier Grio Mark's watch. So this episode aired originally on December eighth, two thousand four. Okay. Um my predictions. Locke is going to be pissed that Saeed, Kate, and Jack were hiding the transmission. Okay. And then in terms of backstory, I was like, uh, I doubt we'll get Ethan's, but I wonder if this guy is tied to the psychic, like he was sent to kill Claire's baby because she's going to give birth to an anti antichrist like in Rosemary's <laughs> Baby. <laughs> yeah. When I saw the name of the episode, my prediction was that it was either going to be more Sawyer because he's from the South or Jack because he's got daddy issues. Mm-hmm. And, I and you were right. right about it being Jack. Mm-hmm. This episode picks right up where we left off. Jack, Kate, yeah. Hurley, they're all talking about Ethan. And they also ask, like, where's Charlie? Because Charlie was with Claire. So yes. Locke and Jack, they run through the jungle frantically, and they start looking for Charlie and Claire. Yeah, this is high intensity. Oh, high intensity. Classic lost run through the jungle. I don't know what happened, but like, I guess I forgot that we left off on like a crazy cliffhanger. Yeah, with Ethan Rom. Yeah, because then we started and I was like, oh shit, right. Like, what? Right, yeah. I, I'm always glad when they leave with a cliffhanger, then they pick right up from it. Yeah, rather like, than when going they leave to you, something else. Yeah, when they leave you with a cliffhanger and then they go to some other storyline with something yeah. and you don't even find out about that cliffhanger till like three episodes later. That's I annoying. agree. Yeah. That's really annoying. In all shows. Yes. Yeah, Locke and Jack, they're running through the jungle. They're looking for Charlie and Claire, and Locke starts tracking. He starts using his tracking, like his hunting skills, you know? Mm-hmm. And he finds some drag marks. Jack starts yelling, Claire, and Locke just says, Jack, Jack, shh. And then, boom, we Stop get the lost so title. Loud. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, I can't help it. As I breathe. <laughs> I run a lot. I run a lot. That's all I do. I don't walk. I run. So we get the lost title, and then Jack and Locke continue to trek through the jungle. And they're looking for tracks. Uh, Jack asks how Ethan could drag two people through the jungle. Of course, Locke is like, you're asking the wrong question. Not how, but why. Like, why do they want yeah. two people? Jack and Locke, they argue a little bit about yeah, what to do. Yeah, this is a very interesting dynamic because... I don't think Locke really wants to be a leader per se. He's very wise. He is obviously the hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, like he doesn't he doesn't really want to be a lone wolf, but he doesn't want to be a leader either. And Jack is like, I'm the problem solver. I gotta fix this. I yeah. and so it's a very interesting dynamic. I feel like it's like now Jack's gotta like sh- sit down and shut up and listen to somebody else. He's challenged to do that. And I think he he struggles with that throughout this episode. Yes. And they go back and forth a little bit about it. Yeah, they argue about what to do, basically. Like, Locke wants to go back to the caves. He wants to organize a search party. And Jack just wants to run on. Jack wants to do the old Jack scramble. Like, yeah. let's, let's just keep scrambling. Let's keep running this direction and <sighs> breathe really hard and try to find <laughs> our friends. Yeah. Jack says, Saeed's injured. We're not even sure where he went. He's delirious. And then Locke says, I'm just telling you what the ground is telling me. Mm-hmm. Very Locke. He's reading the ground, man. He's reading the ground. He reading the one. ground. He is one, one with, the, with the island. The island. He's got an eye of the island, and he reads the, the ground. I know I've done that before. <laughs> have you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have. <laughs> 
Now we get our flashback to Jack fighting to save somebody's life in a surgery room. Mm -hmm. Uh, The patient dies and he's told to call the death and he doesn't want to. Um, And I didn't connect at first that that was his dad. I didn't either. But then I wrote his dad question mark because like I was like, oh, he looks familiar that I think that is his dad. Well, and he was calling him Jack, right? Right. He didn't call him dr shepherd right so right. yeah so i was like i think that's his dad and but then yeah. i i know at like some point i was i looked at dave i was like is that his, that's jack's dad right and he was like yeah i was like okay yeah. good <laughs> yep so that's his dad and he tells him to call it and jack tells him you call it you call it dad yeah dad yeah dad don't tell me what to do i'm gonna dad. be in my room so then we cut back shannon boone and Locke are talking at the caves mm-hmm. and boone agrees to help Locke. and Locke tells michael that more people would just slow him down because michael and walt sort of come up and they're like we want to help we can do things right and even walt's like yeah our, our dog what's the dog's name again vincent our vincent. dog can track he can like smell and stuff yeah <laughs> i don't know what he says exactly but yeah it's something he says along something those like lines. that He's like, maybe yeah. he can smell stuff. Yeah, and Michael's like, we we all want to help. Locke's just kind of a jerk to him. He's like, look, if you want to help, just go south. We're going north. You go south, meaning go to the beach or yeah. something. Yeah. You know, like we don't we don't have space for extra people. Like we got this we got this locked down. That's what he should have oh, said. Oh shit. what? Yeah, he should have said that. That would have been cool. We got it on lock. I got this on lock. And then he just he just winks at Boone and Boone's like, Nice, nice one. Nice one. <laughs> Shannon, did you hear what he said? He and said then Char- he's got it on lock. We hear Charlie go, Oh, oh. And they're like, Oh, he's right there. <laughs> we don't <laughs> oh, even good. have to look for him. him. <laughs> yeah. I just love a good joke when I hear one. Good job. Also I'm being dragged by some weirdos. <laughs> also, did you know I'm in a band? We're still doing things. <laughs> We're still doing things. You, you should hear me. My new album. Locke and Jack did split up because Jack wants to run on in a couple scenes back. And yes. then Locke, he's like, he's like, which way is it? Because he can't track as good as Locke. Right. He can't track. Yes. Jack can't track. Jack can't track. <laughs> <laughs> but Locke can. So yeah. he's like, which way do they go? And then Locke, after knowing that he can't really convince Jack because he's in a he's in a tizzy, he's, as he always is. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he's like, they went that way. And then Jack's just like, okay. And then he just starts <laughs> scampering <laughs> off into the jungle. Scamper. He scampers. We love that like word. <laughs> and then Locke turned back and he actually decided to go back to the to the caves and do what he wanted to do. So they split up at that point. Yes. Okay. Jack is in the middle of some tall grass and he's pretty lost. He, he's not knowing how to track like Locke. So he's just sort of like, he's like grabbing the grabbing the leaves and stuff and trying to smell them or something. <laughs> finally. And finally. Doing. Yeah. And the like in this scene in my notes, I said, finally, something Jack can't do. Like, yes, normally that's he's. True. A jack of all trades. He can do a little bit of everything. Yeah. And finally, he can't track. And it's kind of nice to see him not be able to do something. Mm-hmm. Then we cut back to the surgery room. Jack and his father are arguing about how his dad's hands were shaking during the surgery, of which is why the patient died. So Jack stepped in to help. And then he asked his dad, how many drinks at lunch did you have, dad? So mm-hmm. obviously his dad has some alcoholism problems, which we know from which his we previous know about. flashbacks. It's affecting his work, yeah, and that's not good. No. Can't be killing people, Jack's dad. No, you can't be Christian. drinking on the job when you're a surgeon. Well, you can't be drinking on the job, period. You can't be drinking on the job, period. But especially unless you're a podcast if... host, <laughs> right? Uh, yes, 
Especially right. if you're a surgeon. Right. Yeah. That can't be happening. And I if have, it's making your let hands. Is, let me shake. be clear. I have okay. one drink. I'm allowing it. But if your hands start shaking, I can't have that. They got to be steady. My hands start shaking. My voice starts quaking. Just cut that out. I don't know what that how, was. How many times are you going to break in a song? <laughs> <laughs> as many times as it takes, Pat. So now we cut back to Jack, Kate, and Locke. They're reconnecting in this grassy area. And I think Jack's, you know, kind of relieved because he's a little lost at this point. Yeah. Well, and I think this is when La- Locke is like, well, it's a good thing that you kept running around in circles because we were able to find you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We caught up with you, pal. Yowza. Yeah. But nice try trying to scramble off on your own. That was <laughs> good, that was a good, good move. Good job sniffing leaves, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't know what it's doing. Locke tells Jack that he didn't think Ethan was that weird. <laughs> Of course, Locke thinks like Ethan's like his boy. He's like, no, yeah, we well, hunted they, together. They went hunting, yeah. Together. Yeah, they were like hunting buddies. And he's like, so. I feel like I feel like responsible. I didn't know he was a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was cool. I don't know. Yeah, uh, well, but Locke's he, got a little bit of an off vibe about him. So, oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, Ethan Rom would be his buddy for sure. Yeah. But he does know a whole lot about tracking and hunting. This Ethan Rom. Right. So he's basically like. This guy is better than me. If you think I'm a good tracker, this Ethan Rom, mm. oh, he's a pro tracker. So Michael and Hurley fill water bottles back at the caves, and Michael expresses his frustration with Locke, telling him to basically stand down. Walt agrees with Locke, uh, saying, you know, he knows his stuff. He's a warrior. Yeah. He's the only he... one who brought knives. So if it were me, I'd listen to him. Yeah, Michael doesn't like that. No, but like, you know what? He's being kind of a dick. Like he always just sort of brushes Walt aside. And like, I get it. You're... Who, Michael? Yeah. Michael's, yeah. Like you're, you know, he's clearly a new dad. He was right. like probably thrust in this into this responsibility without really Locke has choice. done better job of paying attention to him and validating his existence right yeah. yeah so i just and i know i've expressed this before like when they were golfing but i'm just really tired of how he's just treating him with such disregard and walt like seems to be a pretty good kid you know he's yeah. not he's not just like fucking around messing yeah. with people or anything like he's right he's trying to help he's just trying he's not to, a like, problem child yeah so i, I was like Michael, you got to like pay attention to this kid. Like he's a good kid. Yeah, he's a good kid. You know, just like I don't know, right. be a be a good dad. Right. So Michael says, "I'm not a warrior, but I am going south." Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, you're going south all right. <laughs> Hurley tells uh Walt that uh hey, uh back home, I'm known <laughs> as somewhat of a warrior myself. <laughs> oh my god, I was dying when he said this cuz I'm immediately like is he like talking about World of Warcraft or D and D? D and D. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, some kind. Or then I was like, or maybe he's some kind of like college drinking hero or something. Like, oh, maybe. I was like, I yeah. gotta know what this is in reference to. But yeah, my first thought was like, wow, or D and D. So Locke has at this point he's lost the trail, and Jack's being very antsy. He's like, come on, come on, you know, we gotta find the trail, whatever. Yeah. And then Kate pulls Jack aside to tell him to give Locke a break. And this is where like we really start seeing a lot more of that tension. And I was like, ooh, this is making me uncomfortable. Like, what tension you mean between you, Jack and Locke? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Jack yeah. has this messiah complex about him. Right. You know, he's, save he's feeling guilty, so so therefore he he needs to like take control. 
Right. But Locke knows best. He knows tracking. This is not right. something Jack can do, you know? So right. So they find Charlie's tape L on the ground from his from his hand because he did he did the word late on his hand. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Late? Yep. Somebody says, You think it just came off? Who says that? <laughs> uh I think probably Kate. Is or it maybe Kate? Boone. Yeah. I can't remember who said that. You think it just came off? And Jack says, No. He's leaving us a trail. Yeah. Kind of like Goldilocks or is it yeah. Goldilocks? Yeah. Yeah. Not Goldilocks. Um, Hansel and Rumpel Gretel. Rumpelstiltskin. Oh, yeah. Rumpelstiltskin? Hansel and Gretel. That's what I meant. <laughs> what? Where do you, what? Where do you get Rumpelstiltskin? I don't know, man. I haven't read these fairy tales in a while. I was oh just throwing some names God. out. Just spitballing. I was trying to get your brain going. That's all. All right. All right. So they, uh, they keep going. They find an A. And Locke finds footprints sort of leading off Whoa, in one direction. Whoa, crossover. Yeah. There's a Hansel and Gretel reference last episode of Buffy in Nightmares with all the candy bars for oh, Xander. Oh, yeah. That's, that's true. Hmm. Look at that. So they find the A. Locke finds footprints leading one way. And Jack wants to go the other way, the tape trail. So now they're at a crossroads again. And at this point, they decide to split up, which I'm like, really? Jack, you didn't learn your lesson you want to split up again? Yeah, you're after... just going to end up running around you're do in circles. circles again. You're going to start scampering about <laughs> as you do. But they split up. Then we find out Kate knows how to track a little bit. She's actually a pretty good tracker. Yeah. So it works out. Got a pretty good track record. <laughs> well, not a good record, but her track record, I guess, is okay. Tracker record. We cut back to Walt, and he's talking with Sawyer. About... Yeah, so I was like, oh, that's good. <laughs> Oh, great. Yeah, just leave Walt with, the, with Sawyer. Yeah, <laughs> Good <awesome>. job, Michael. <laughs> they talk about how Walt thinks that Ethan took Claire and Charlie and says that he thinks that Ethan might have already been on the island before they arrived. And Sawyer's not really buying it. His quote is, So a tribe of evil natives planted a ringer in the camp to kidnap a pregnant girl and a reject from VH1 has been? Yeah, fiendishly clever. Okay, but before he says that, yeah. They're talking about how Ethan, that might not actually be his name. Walt says something like, it's stupid to lie about your name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which he says Which... to Sawyer, who is lying about his name. <laughs> right. That ain't Sawyer's real name. Oh, I love yeah. that. Walt also tells him that Saeed's back, which sort of gets his attention. The scene ends with Sawyer just turning to him being like, Saeed's back? Boom. So then Boone and Locke walk. <laughs> Boone and Lockwalk. Lockwalk? <laughs> Lockwalk. <laughs> they do know Lockwalk. And they talk about Star Trek, which J.J. Abrams directed Star Trek oh, 2009. Oh, wow. Look at that. Yeah. Boone asks about Locke's work in the real world. But also, I was like, I don't know. This doesn't track for me. Locke seems like the kind of guy who would watch Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because he was like playing like the D&D type games and yeah. stuff. And not that everyone job. who like plays D&D is going to watch Star Trek. I mean, right. If you're a nerd doesn't mean you're going to be in a nerd a about Trekkie everything as well. So Boone asks about Locke's work in the real world and he guesses that I don't know, either you're a taxidermist or, or a hitman. hitman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, that was good. Locke says, "I was a regional collection supervisor for a box company." And then Boone just kind of stands there. He's like, "Huh?" He's like, yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kate and Jack, they start talking about her tracking skills. And Jack's a little messed up by this because he never gets any real details about Kate and her past because she's always talking in circles and they never really get 
to anything real. So he actually brings well, it up. Well, also, hold up, okay? Jack, Jack doesn't give her anything Jack either. Jack doesn't right. give her anything, but also he had the fucking chance when yeah. they were sitting having their cute moment by the beach Right. And she was like, I'm ready to tell you. And he's like, I don't need to know. Well, yeah. then that well, was it. That was your the, shot. All that flirty mystery is gone, don't you think? Just like a level of that, you know. Yeah, he's like, like I need the flirty mystery island in my life for a mystery. little longer. Yeah, that's what he's looking for. He wanted that flirty mystery. And if he knows but their now, old backstory, now boring. he's desperate. He's desperate. He's scampering around. He doesn't know what he's doing. Everybody's he's better no than details. him. He, he's yeah. like, he needs something tangible to hang on yeah. to. And she tells Jack that her dad was in the army and they used to hike and track deer because yeah. he loved being out in the woods. That was like his church. Yeah. And she said, I liked that, that was real. I liked that quote. So flashback, Jack and his dad <laughs> talk in an office and they argue about his dad being impaired and drunk on the surgery. Yeah. So his dad wants him to sign the report. It doesn't mention the alcohol. Right. Of course. Because right. his dad wrote up the report. He, you know, right. he's not going to say that. He's not going to put that in. No. And he says, it'll strip me of my license. And Jack says, yes, it will. Yep. And Jack's dad tries, you know, talking sweet to him about yeah. how, you know, sacrifices he's had to make with his relationship. And Jack becomes a little emotional. And his dad sort of caresses his shoulder mm. and he promises, he promises it won't ever happen again. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. This sent me like into that, some huh? rage. This sent me into some rage. <laughs> some rage. Because, <laughs> yeah. So he says something like, I know I've been hard on you, but that's yeah. how you turn soft metal into steel. And I was eek, like, eek. oh, fuck you no like this is so many dads this is so many dads i know it is and the whole idea of like being an asshole to your son to make him a better man like get the fuck get right out if jack is a great doctor and a great man it's be it's like despite this man's bullshit like just the whole guilt trip of you know, oh, don't do this to me. Like I, I worked so hard for my family and to to be, you know, to like help you be who you are today by putting pressure on you. Like what a manipulative piece of shit you fucked up. You were drinking on the job. Like do not put this <laughs> Wait, shit. You on are me. all wound up. I was yeah. so wound up. I was so yeah. f- just like I just have a thing about. I just have right. a thing about. And let's not forget, just a few episodes like before the Jack episode where it flashes back to him and his dad's relationship before, right. he basically told Jack, like, you don't have what it takes right. to do what I do. Yeah. To fail. Oh, yeah. oh, I, yeah, no, you're right. I don't have what it takes because I don't go right. fucking drinking in the middle of the day and then come back right. and kill a patient. So, yeah, yeah if that's what it takes, I don't have that fucking whoopsie dick. daisies yeah i was <laughs> so pissed so fired up i was so fired up about it. i gotta take my yeah. sweater back off i i, I took I it off because i was hot i put it back on because I, I was cold now i'm hot again it's off it's on it's <gasps> off it's coming on boy so fired up okay yeah so jack signs the report he's a little reluctant but ultimately he gives in to his emotions and his dad and he signs the report oh jack so now we cut back to so it's a pov shaky shot of like the caves and Saeed is there and he's sort of sleeping in the caves mm-hmm. and uh, we find out it's Sawyer. Sawyer arrives and he talks very Sawyer. He <laughs> and talks he asks, very Sawyer. <laughs> that, that's my notes. He talks Sawyer. He asks why Saeed came back and Saeed tells him about the French woman and the science expedition 
how she said there are others on the island, but she's never seen them, but she knows that they're there. And Sawyer tells him that he kept his signal fire burning, and he leaves. And uh, there's a nice close-up of Saeed's face, like, noticing, like, huh, that could have went, this is how I read it, at least, that could have went way differently. He was like, oh, you just got served a heaping pile of karma or something like that. I was like, oh, here's one place, like, I kind of agree with Sawyer. Because, again, I think it's like the island bringing these things up. So, yeah, Saeed had this, uh, this, all this guilt about the torture that he took part in. And then what happens? He gets tortured. <laughs> right. So, like, I think that that was the island sort of manifesting that because he yeah. needed to face face what he did in the past. Right. Okay good theory so i was kind of like no well, i kind of agree with sawyer here hmm interesting not He's that i growing felt like on he... you again <laughs> no i don't think sawyer is growing on i just me. like to point out whenever you i know you, you even do. slightly side with sawyer i just like to dig in i know you do so hurley and walt play backgammon together hurley tries boasting that I took 17th in a tournament once. Yeah. <laughs> and Walt's and he's not like, very impressed. 17th he's like, that's is not, not that good. 17th. He's like, yeah, it is. It's really good. <laughs> um, Walt talks about uh, Brian, his other dad. Yeah. And Walt wins the game and Hurley walks away because he has a meeting. He says, I have a meeting. <laughs> he's walking away, kind of upset that he couldn't win. Yeah. And uh, Walt says, wait, you owe me $20,000. And then he says, you'll get it. <laughs> he just keeps walking away. <laughs> then we cut to Boone and Locke. They talk. They talk and Boone walk. Boone and Locke and talk. Locke? I don't know if Boone, if Locke asks Boone or if Boone just volunteers this. I think Locke asks Boone like what he did. And he's like, oh, I run a business. And, you know, he's like, he says that his mom is like the Martha Stewart of wedding companies or something. Yeah. So he runs one of his mom's subsidiaries. Yeah. And I was like, what? Like that is not <laughs> something I would have guessed. No. What would you have pegged Boone as? I mean, I could see him as an entrepreneur because he said, I think he made reference before to like running a business. Like a startup. But I was thinking like some kind of surf company or like, you a know, surf that's company. just like what he's, <laughs> and well, and we know he's a quote Pac lifeguard. Sun. Yeah. Yeah. Or a pack son <laughs> type of situation. Like I could see yeah. him running. Yeah, I could see him running like a surfer, whether it's like an actual surf shop or just like a surf vibe, like clothing company or something like that. Well, then, like, as he was talking, I was like, oh, he's a stripper. <laughs> like, I was he's like, a that's... stripper, he's Magic Mike, Magic Boone. Yeah, I was like, that's <laughs> I was like, that's the that's the wedding business or like the wedding subsidiary that he runs is like a strip strip club or, you know, like a, <laughs> a bunch of like male strippers or something. <laughs> the entertainment yeah. side of it. Ooh, if he had a strip club, he'd call it the Boonies. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. And then he'd call all strippers the Goonies. Boons Buns. <laughs> Your next Goonie coming to the stage is one of our favorite Boonies. His name is Joseph Magic Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. Oh, jeez. What? <laughs> Such a weird one. So Jack and Kate, they find the T from Charlie's Fingus. Yeah. And they hear a bunch of echoey screams like Claire screaming. Like there's it's like a rendition of Claire screaming. Yeah. It's like, that reminded uh, me of you've seen Hunger Games, right? Yeah. That reminded me of the Jabber Jays. You know the scene where Oh yeah. Yeah, I think it's in the yeah. se- it's in the second one, the second book yeah. slash movie. Pretty spooky. Where mm-hmm. you feel like you hear somebody that you know. Yeah, they're like it's 
the Jabber Jays mimic, or is it Mocking Jays? You're kind of a Jabber Jay. Hey, what? What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> Jabber SJJ. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means, but um, yeah, it like it mimics. It can mimic sound bites from like other people. So Jack starts to scramble again at this point because he hears the echo. He screams and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna get into my Jack scramble!" And he starts scrambling up like a uh, like a hill. It's like a muddy hill because yeah. it's raining. He's climbing up this muddy hill and then Jack falls down. But he falls down the whole hill, and then Ethan arrives, and there's, like, a really cool shot, like, camera shot that's, like, sort of Dutch angle, like, canted. It's, like, crooked, like a crooked camera shot. Yeah. And Ethan's almost like a silhouette in the rain. Yeah. He's just standing there. Yeah. And he says, if you do not stop following me, I will kill one of them. Do you understand? And he's very forceful. He's and Jack tries fist aggressive. fighting. Jack's like, all right, here we go. And he He's like, put him up. Yeah, come on, put him up. Here we go, put him up. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he starts trying to face off against Ethan Rom, but Ethan is a bit of a machine when it comes to fisticuffs. And he beats the crap out of Jack, basically. Yeah. And then he leans down and he says, no more warnings. And then, bam, he kicks him out cold. Yeah. Here's my problem with this scene. Okay. Kate would have seen Jack fall. Yeah, but she was up on the top of the hill. She was scrambling up behind him, wasn't she? Yeah, she was behind him. So if he fell, she would have seen him. And she could have fell down to the left of the hill. Like if it's say it's like more of a pyramid type hill. But she was still behind him. She was still right? like next to slash behind him. She would have but seen him But what if there fall. was like a ridge or rocks or like some jungle or some shrubberies or brush? Some shrubberies? Yeah, all no, sorts of she things. she would have seen him. She would right, have seen him. Sometimes there's like shrubberies. It doesn't matter where he fell. in your way. She would have seen him go down. She would have seen him initially drop. Right. But what's she going to do? Slide down? Like yeah. the goonies? No. Yeah. She's just going to slide down the mud? Yeah, but and find him. Make twigs. sure he's okay. Ah, too dangerous. No. Yeah. She's probably making her way down slowly. She's like, oh, Jack. Making her way and she's downtown. Like, right. That's what she's trying to do. She's trying to make her way down the mud real slow. No. Like, careful-like. She ran like crazy to try yeah. to save him from the cave-in. You're going to tell me she's not going to drop down in the mud? When it would take her like two minutes? couple things. Not even. It was raining. Raining. We're in deep. Yeah. Confusing jungle. Yeah. He was scrambling quite fast. Yeah. So I think she lost track of him a little bit. They were right next to each other. All right. You can't talk your way out of this one. You're just better at talking your way out of things. No, because I can make sense of it. I'm making sense of it. You don't even have this part in your notes. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I do. It says... Jack fell got beat up okay it's something like that okay (laughs) (laughs) no it says flashback now jack's in the hospital hallway and he sees a man threatening to sue his father for his wife dying in the surgery we're moving right on on. yeah yeah he kicked him out cold so now we're in the flashback Mm -hmm. so yeah this man wants to sue jack's father christian for his wife dying in the surgery his name is christian that's his dad's name yeah oh we didn't know that they call him Christian a couple times. Dr. Christian drinking on the job. 
<laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Don't you know that you're quite a slob? And so he sees it from afar, and then in I'm slow really motion. I'm really proud of that one. I'm really yeah, proud of that Yeah, it's a really good one. one. Yeah, you're you're becoming more and more like whose line is it anyways? <laughs> oh, my God. I love that show. I love it <laughs> I so <know>. much. <laughs> he sees his dad rub this guy's shoulder just like he did Jack's. Yeah. Oh, I didn't then... even connect that. Oh, you didn't? No. Yeah, even me, and I'm not even good at this kind of stuff. I connected. I didn't I connect like, oh, it until same, you just said it right now. Like I know, I know touch. he did that, but like, it just didn't connect to me because I that think was maybe fuel I didn't really for put, the flame. I didn't really yeah. put a lot of emphasis on it. Um, yeah. When he did it, no, too. I I did just because they really called it out like it was slow and as a POV shot. I was like, oh yeah, they're they're calling that out for yeah. a reason. And then we cut back to Jack and Kate. So finally, Kate has scrambled down the side of the hill here. Yeah. And she's met up with Jack, and the rain has stopped at this point. And then what's Jack do? He gets up. He starts running again. Starts scrambling. Because that's that's the Jack scramble. That's what he does. <laughs> then we cut back to uh, Jack's dad, Christian, who's giving a testimony with like a group of people at the hospital about the botched surgery. And we find out that the woman was pregnant at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. So Jack's face at this point really drops. Yeah. And that's also why he's going so crazy right now looking for claire because he's feeling very guilty see i didn't make that connection Uh uh-huh yes yeah Yeah, his face drops at this point and he announces because they're sort of wrapping up they're like all right christian i think that's pretty much it and then jack says he wants to revise his statement at this point yeah snitches on his dad about being drunk and he severed the patient's hepatic artery which is which led to her death to her death yeah yeah and her baby so that is what Jack did. That is what yeah. his mom That's what was, I was referring yeah. to. So then we cut back to the jungle. Kate and Jack find Charlie. Yeah. He's he's hanging I... in a tree. Oh, this is scary. I'm too, like, the shot. I'm tearing up right now because. Just thinking about it? I Charlie couldn't. I was swinging. like. Like my notes say, no, 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 Charlie is not dead. I looked at Dave. I was like, if Charlie is dead, I am done watching this. It's the end of the podcast. I can't deal with this. I was, I, I could. You're a mess, huh? I was a fucking mess at this part. And I've seen this scene before, and it still struck me because I was like, first of all, I didn't really remember it because you know me. Yeah. But also. I was just like, oh, wow, this is the way it's shot, too, like the reveal of Charlie swinging, oh the low God. angle. It's, it's very scary. It's very scary. Yeah. He doesn't look good. And the music is, of course, ominous and intense Yeah, when they find him. And then it's not, they have a hard time getting him down, too, when he's swinging up there. Yeah. They, because they're trying to, they're working to cut him down, but he's up pretty high. Yeah. They so have a it hard takes, time reaching. we're, we're in this for a while. Yeah. Like, it feels like we are in this for a while. So eventually, Jack and Kate, they cut him down. Yeah. Jack starts CPR, and it, it goes for a little while. Jack's really working on him. Yeah, this and is Kate, so, in- this whole thing is taking oh, so, so long. It takes so long to cut yeah, him down. Takes it takes forever. so long. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, and he the, doesn't the look good. The tensions are high. No, he looks like gray. Yeah. Like he doesn't look like Charlie at all. Looks no. very scary. So it takes a little while. Kate starts getting emotional and freaking out. 
and Jack starts beating Charlie's chest, thinking that might work. Yeah, which um, I is that a thing? Like no, it's actually <laughs> this is a trivia thing that I read. But pounding on a chest like Jack does to Charlie is only found in cinema, as it or TV, mm-hmm. it as it does uh, absolutely nothing, and a doctor would never do that. Okay. So this was an attempt to depict a precordial thump, which is only used during a V-fib or a V-tack. So only when you're actually like... Yeah, when you... Using the... When you're doing the electronic... The elect- <laughs> yeah, the... Clear. Clear, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, so he starts beating him, and then Kate actually tells him to stop because she thinks it's no use. And he does stop for a little bit, but then he loses his mind again, and he starts beating his well, chest again. Well, so again, he's reliving... He is reliving that trauma of being in the yeah. operating room, of his dad right. telling him that this person is dead, stop... Stop trying to revive them. Right. Again, this is the island helping him work through his traumas. Right. Here, So he's like, no, like I am not letting this happen again. And so he continues, continues to, beat to beat Charlie's beat chest, <laughs> Charlie's lifeless chest. And then bam, Charlie wakes up. Yeah. Finally. Oof, that was a rough scene, man. I Took a while feel to like get I was holding my breath the whole time. Back at the caves, Charlie's just sitting there silent. And he hasn't spoken yet. And Jack checks out his neck, you know, starts looking and checking things out like Jack loves to do. Yeah. And he asks Charlie questions. Charlie's not responding. And then Jack's like, did you see? Did you hear? And then Charlie finally breaks the silence and he says, I didn't see anything or hear anything. I don't remember anything. Claire, that's all they wanted. They, that's all they wanted. All they wanted was Claire. Kate talks with Shannon and reassures her that Boone's safe with Locke because Boone and, and Locke haven't returned from their trek yeah, out in the uh, jungle. Shannon is like, they haven't come back. And she's like, girl, right. there's one there's one person Boone is safe with on this island. It's Locke. So we cut to Locke and Boone at this point, and they're still tracking in the night this time. Boone is like, tracking he decides. In the night in he the decide- jungle, tracking <laughs> in the night. <laughs> It's going to be your greatest hits album Got this episode. Got a flashlight tracking in the night. <laughs> <laughs> so Boone decides to turn back and Locke tosses him a flashlight and then Boone sort of misses it and it falls to the ground with a clank. Yeah. So also when Boone yeah. was saying that he was going to leave Locke, I was like, what? Are you fucking kidding I would kidding never. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, was like, I would no. never. <laughs> leave Locke no. in the middle of the night to try to find my way back to the caves after we've been tracking all day. Yeah. Flashlight falls Dink. with a clank. Dink. Dink. Clank. Clunk. Clunk. Clank. Yeah, that, those yeah. are good. Yours are better. Yeah. You're also good yeah. at sound effects. Onomatopoeia is one of my strong suits. <laughs> I flash. <laughs> blink, blink. <laughs> yeah. Blink, blink. <laughs> so uh, it hits some sort of steel that's in the ground. Yeah, where a they bunker. Are. I don't know, is it? It's definitely a bunker. I don't know, man. Oh, yeah, that's but what they, that is. They start digging at it, and then I think Boone says, what is that? It's and a bunker. And Locke says, that's what we're going to find out, and then boom. It's a bunker, you guys. Lost credits. How do you know it's a bunker? You don't know it's a bunker. Yeah. What else is it going to be? could be an oil tank that's- uh, That's it could, repurposed could into be, a bunker? could be another plane that crashed years ago it's a bunker calling it so that's the episode of lost 
Yeah. So, Pat, what is your favorite moment of Buffy? Favorite moment of Buffy is when Buffy goes Jedi mindset, slow motion, the wind's blowing in her hair. Yeah. The camera revolves around mm. and she knows exactly where Invisigirl is hiding. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's a good moment. It is a good so moment. So that's my favorite moment. I like the Giles-Angel interaction. Angel could do anything. Angel could just be like, hey, I'm making ants on a log. Want some? <laughs> I'd and be, like, be like, that's my favorite yeah, moment that's of the, the episode. Yeah, that's the only way you eat peanut butter. <laughs> 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 How did you know? <laughs> you are an yeah. angel. <laughs> yeah. No, I exactly. just, I don't know. Because to me, it was a little bit like they were nerding out like i actually thought you would like this moment a little bit more because you always want to pair giles up with like either friends yeah. or, or lovers but i could never see angel and uh, uh giles hanging out no. like they, they could never be buddies <laughs> <laughs> they could never have a bromance okay what's your favorite moment of lost uh charlie not being fucking dead <laughs> charlie waking up yes that's my favorite yeah. moment what's your favorite moment of lost well i have two and so it's sort of a toss-up here I really, really love the ending with the clank and then them trying to dig it up. Why? Just because I love when you there's love like the weird. Mystery. Yeah, I love the mystery of weird crap on the island. <laughs> like, what's what's the deal with this island? Like, it's that, not weird crap. It's a bunker, Pat. I don't know it's what not it is. That weird. I don't know what it is, man. I also really love the shot of Ethan in the rain and how weird Ethan Rom is oh. and his delivery and how scary and ominous he is. Yeah. I like that too. Yeah, he's scary. So it's sort of a toss-up between those. I guess I'll go with the Ethan Rom part. Okay. I mean, you don't have yeah. to pick one. I don't care. Which episode wins? Lost wins. Yeah, fucking Lost yeah. definitely wins. <laughs> a clear winner. Invisigirl ain't got nothing on this Lost no, episode, no, okay? No, no. <laughs> yeah. Although I will say the Buffy episode is a really good example. It's cheesy, but it's a good yeah. example of that whole high school is hell the like real problems teens deal with and that being turned into some kind of like demon mystical yeah. situation. Exploring the popularity and being invisible yeah. themes is interesting. Yeah, but definitely Lost Winds. What are your predictions for what will happen next on Buffy? Well, the FBI are not part of the FBI. They're sort of a subsection of the government that's more black ops, double agents. And they have all sorts of like X-Men mutant type kids, okay? But they work for the Gov and they do some evil deeds like assassinations like we saw in the book. Mm -hmm. So that's one. Okay, wow. That was, I'm, I just wrote down the time of our recording so I can actually come back and just <laughs> So you can come back that. to it. <laughs> okay. And then also uh, I wrote Perpetually in High School and that is that all the Buffy episodes will always be in high school. They will never graduate and go to college throughout the series until the last season of which maybe the series finale, they will finally graduate and move on. But I don't think they're going to have like a whole season or something in college, Okay. even though they should. What do you got for Lost? There's always going to be a backstory. So that's usually where I start with. It's hard to tell this one because like I'm not really sure who's going to be immediately relevant to the storyline of like Claire being captured. I don't think we really need any more of her backstory to move the plot along. So I don't think we're going to have more of that. Obviously, the other big thing is Locke and Boone finding the bunker. So I'm actually just going to go with Boone for backstory because we he talked a little bit about himself in this episode and we haven't gotten a backstory for him yet. Okay. All of the other main characters we've pretty much gotten a backstory for. Not Michael and Walt. 
and not Hurley, but I don't know. I just feel like there was a little bit more about Boone here. So I'm going Boone okay. backstory. I don't know what to think about Claire getting kidnapped, but my best guess is it's a, is it's a Rosemary's baby situation. But I think whoever has her captive wants the baby to either worship or sacrifice. My guess is it's more along the lines of like worship and the psychic was in on it. I hmm. don't, I think that um, Ethan and whoever else has captured Claire are the people Danielle was referring to when she said there were others. Okay. But I don't think that it's a nat- like some kind of native tribe. Okay. So I bet it's a, some sort of culty situation like Rosemary's culty baby. situation of a band of others. Yes. And okay. Bunker. And Bunker. Going that bunker. is a bunker. That is a bunker. People are living in there or have okay. been living in there. Okay. That's what. That's what's up. Interesting. Very interesting. What else are you reading, watching, and listening to? So we finally finished, uh, finally finished. I mean, we finished pretty quickly as a short book that uh, Charlie and the Chocolate oh, Factory yeah. 2, The Glass Elevator. Yeah how, yeah, how did that shake out? Okay, it gets a little bit better okay. because, spoiler alert for Charlie and the Glass Elevator from 1972, but they end up back in the uh, Chocolate Factory, which, which was should. a breath of fresh air. Finished that. We watched, I watched the movie Mank. On Netflix, which was directed by David Fincher. I'm a huge David Fincher fan. Yeah. I, because what's that supposed to be about? It's a, it's, it's about, about the. It's about Herman Mankiewicz, yeah. who was the producer writer who worked on Citizen Kane. Yes. And we yes. just watched Citizen Kane for Movie Club. Right. Which is good viewing before you watch this movie because it connects in a lot of ways. Yeah. And there are some pretty good actors in it in that right i feel yeah, like gary oldman yes the one the only gary yes, oldman yes my Your man crush. Yeah. i love gary oldman yeah and he's 62 and he's playing a guy in his late 30s oh which is interesting he's uh, but he does he a good job he does off, a, though if anyone can yeah, pull it off a, gary oldman can. does a good job but i gotta say i love david fincher films and this movie did not do it for me no. it's not a traditional david fincher movie it's definitely wholly original and it's uh name some other david it's Fincher. interesting so he did seven he did fight club the game what do zodiac I always, oh i always confuse social him. network gone girl yeah i always confuse him with um the guy who did twin peaks david lynch yeah because their names are yeah. similar sounding very very <laughs> <laughs> very similar yeah they took some he took some bold choices in the making of this movie he actually used like old sound techniques and old microphones to mm. make it like they didn't even do surround sound they just had a mono mix which if you're watching in a home theater and all the sounds coming out of all your speakers it i don't know it's a lot it just oh it's just, so uh, perhaps it would be better to, make... to watch it in a non-surround sound system like yes i would agree this with this old broad has yeah, headphones are good, or just a little old dumb TV with one speaker. That's fine. Yeah, but I don't even, even then, have any speakers on my TV, just the ones the TV yeah. have. The audio is so weird, though. It sounds all echoey, and it just kind of took me out of it because oh. I kept paying attention to it, and I couldn't pay attention like to the story. Like it's too artsy. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I don't know. And they also degraded the resolution of the picture, but it's shot digitally, but they degraded it. I, I don't know. I don't know. 
I'm very conflicted about it because I love David Fincher and I love the boldness of the making of this film, but it just didn't do it for me. Hmm. So well, I'm what sorry. are you gonna do? Yeah, and I've watched other things too, but I can't think of them at this moment. Well, we watched for a movie club. We watched Raging Bull. Raging Bull, which yeah, I would like you to title like. Raging Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, you did not like. That, I did but it's not a like film. that. I was like, Pat and I are gonna get in a fight about this movie. <laughs> No, I can't get in a fight with anybody who doesn't really like that. I haven't really watched a whole lot this past week. I started rewatching Gilmore Girls a little bit, which I'm like, why am I doing this? <laughs> oh, it's one of Amy's favorite shows. I, I love it too, but yeah, I think I just needed it's comfort some, food. Yeah, exactly. I needed comfort yeah. food, and so I just kind of put it on in the background. And I've been listening to a little bit of Being Boss because next week, yeah, we are going to have Kathleen Shannon who used to co-host Being Boss, the podcast. Cool. And that's that's how I know her. It's a podcast that I listen to a lot about entrepreneurship. And she's a big Buffy fan. She's a big Buffy fan, so that's super exciting. Yeah. I'm going to be so outnumbered here. I know. It's great. I'm be like, remember Lost in the Island? <laughs> you guys are going to be like, Sticks. You're going to be like, you're going to be like Buffy, and we're going to be like Xander and Willow in this, <laughs> in <Yep>. this episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> um yeah so that'll be fun and it's great because like she and i have like very briefly chatted but every time i've seen her it's been at like a being boss sort of like conference or vacation so there's there's yeah. like a lot of other people around so it's not like i've had a chance to like sit down with her for like three hours and geek out about buffy so yeah this will be the first opportunity to really do that so i'm cool. really excited that fun. she's gonna join us um very and it's a buffy only episode so all you buffy only all you lost people aka my dad um who only <laughs> only watch <laughs> only, only listen, listen to, to this for lost you you can yeah. you're probably gonna want to skip that episode or not because yeah. it's gonna be great cool well this was fun this was fun a lot of asides a lot, lot of puns a yeah. lot of a lot of singing. A lot of songs. This was yeah. a great... We were very on today. This is this probably the longest episode that we've had so far? Oh, boy. I'm sorry. I'm going to guess. Yeah. I'm sorry, too. I went off on many tangents. Yeah. I drag it out just as long as you do, I think. Okay, good. I don't feel so bad then. Thank you for saying well, that Well, maybe to me. not as long. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> we're, we're both Jabberjays. <laughs> Jabberwockies. Just a couple Jabberjays. That's what we should have called this podcast, Jabberwockies. <laughs> Jabberwatchies. Oh, Jabberwatchies. What the hell? <laughs> Oh my God! We have to rebrand no. immediately. There's Jabberwatchies. Jabberwatchies. That doesn't so relate good. to anything about what we're doing. Yes, though. it does. We're jabbering on uh-huh. nonstop, uncontrollably, oh, as we and watch we're also TV. watching. Yeah, Jabberwatchies. Right, well, oh, that's so good. We gotta rebrand, man. No, Jabberwatchies that is so good. So it's also a pun. I regret saying it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me all excited about an awesome. <laughs> name like this i can't handle it when it's too good and unused. you're gonna wake up in the middle of the night next to amy jabber watching she'll be like what? she's like she's like this again <laughs> let me sleep and i'm like jabber watches jabber watches i can't let it go <laughs> uh, yeah, all right that, so i'm looking forward to watching the season finale thank you for another lovely chat you're welcome much obliged much obliged <laughs> river derch uh, river derch it's <laughs> good river derch river derch <laughs> god i love that movie <laughs> me too 
All right. So listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Boy, we're everywhere. We're every, we? everywhere you yeah. listen to podcasts, we're there. Yeah, and if we're not cast, there, you tell us whatever you want. that yeah. we're not there and we'll be there. We'll get it there. We'll no problem. get her done. Get her done. And also, if you can rate us, uh, especially in Apple Podcasts, you know, rate us five stars. Leave a review if you have time. Also, I should be saying this. But spread the word. Tell your friends. Yeah, if you have, you know, friends get who everybody like start streaming. Lost, get them. Get fellow Jabberwatchies <laughs> to start. No, this is not going to jabbering be a thing. on and watching we're shows not with doing us. Jabberwatchies. That's what we're going to call all of our streamers. Ugh. I'm sorry. Kickers is good too, but Jabberwatchies is I'm very unbelievable. Sorry. It's so good. Okay. Yeah, and what else? Rate Sammy? us, share us, all the things. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at KickStreamPod, and send emails, thoughts about episodes, respond to our questions that we ask. Complain about complain things about Pat always trying to laugh at no, me about, about me. my corrections. No, don't complain <laughs> about that. It's fun. It's a good time. Uh, to KickStreamPod at gmail.com. If you want a Jabberwatchies mug, let us know. Maybe we can create one for you. And check out show notes for this and every episode at kickingstreaming.com. So if you're like, what the heck were they talking about here? We, you know, I always put together a list of things that we mention. Um, yeah, in every you put episode. a lot of time into that too. So hopefully people are clicking. Yeah, I link to the links. books and the movies yeah. that we're talking about. So Right, yeah. all of our references. Yeah. Well, thanks, and we will see you next week or later this week. When are we going to publish the Buffy episode? I don't know. You'll get it when you get it, peeps. Jabberwatchies, you'll get it when you get it. Just keep on streaming. Keep and (laughs) and remember, streaming is better with friends. Always, it's always better with friends. It's always better. (laughs) 